What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Let's, Let's do, it, do it, bro. Yeah, buddy. I know this timer's about to go up. Oh. get it this week. Oh, yeah, started out. I got to go find my salt shaker. In a world where Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions, only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast. What's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, the professor, a.k.a. Attorney Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers Podcast, brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where we come to you live every Tuesday night, 9 p.m., and chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions. We're the voice of Panther Nation. We got our ears to the ground. And uh, one of the man that's in tune with what's going on is here on the show hanging out, Cody Lashney. How you doing? Tony Dunn, what's up, brother? It's another Tuesday night, and you know we never quit. Uh, man, listen, there's so much to talk about. It feels like every Tuesday night I've had some change of hearts uh recently there's so much stuff to talk about uh but listen one thing always remains the same we have the most lit panther fan chat room on youtube and all the gang is in the house tonight michael jones underground west trail one ten tizzy brad dugan uh i'm gonna mess up this name chunk kalowam i don't know dude i'm sorry i tried but anyway tony dunn ain't nothing to it but to do it brother let's roll Smash the thumbs up button, subscribe, hit the little bell to get a notification when we go live, and call into the show. We want to hear your thoughts. Really, tonight's question is going to be about who will be the Carolina Panthers quarterback next season, and what are your thoughts on Cam Newton's future with the organization and the NFL? We want to hear your thoughts on that question. Numbers 252-228-5098. Talking about Phil Snow's hiring as well, Joe Brady, the boringest guys in the world. If you want to listen to um, all of a sudden, we got to get Matt Rule talking again because these guys are snooze fests. Fest. And but I tell you, who's not a snooze fest? CK in the house. How you doing, man? Living the dream. Living the dream. Uh, you'll you'll be able to see my beautiful face here in just a few minutes. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a I think a, a come to Jesus moment tonight when we start talking about uh, the reality of the quarterback situation so it's going to be an interesting conversation and i may be radio silent for about 15 minutes so uh you guys uh carry the load for me we'll miss you buddy <laughs> all right so uh then the death comment in the chat room says damn we've got technish tech issues already i don't know what's happening but i hope it's working uh cody you've been doing a lot of work and speaking of working today and i know you've been doing a lot of writing for draft tech Tell me what's yeah. going on in that world uh, before we get into the show. Yeah, so I want to make a make it a point to mention it at the start of the show. I always mention it at the end of the show, but I want to make sure everybody can hear this while we have viewers streaming in and listening to the show tomorrow. Uh, and it'll be every Wednesday uh, going forward. 
there will be brand new comments for the Carolina Panthers on DraftTech.com, written by yours truly. Nice. I'm putting more work into this than I ever have before. I'm giving you detailed um, uh, write-ups about the players that I'm talking about when we draft. I write first and second round comments for the Carolina Panthers. And look, we have a top 10 pick. So that means I'm going to be writing about all the best players in this year's draft. And uh, I'm having a lot of fun doing it. I'm putting a lot of work into it. So, yeah, man, check it out. DraftTech.com every Wednesday, first and second round comments for the Panthers and the Houston Texans because they decided that they would pay me to do it. So, Well, it's about time to get a better get-to-know-a-potential-draft pick, uh, Carolina Panthers draft pick. I challenge you, Cody, for next week's show to give me a draft pick. Oh, I can – I'll throw 50 of them at you. But we need to to get back to a way of being able to show video clips so that way I can show the viewers – Every single thing that there is about the process. Give me the clips. I'll mash them up, and I'll take care of you. Just like Simply Safe Home Security will take care of you. It's like getting a commercial grade enterprise level security system for your own home, and it's super simple to set up. You just pop it in. You can get motion detectors. You can get your windows hooked up. Outdoor cameras, doorbell alerts, entry motion, glass-baked sensors. It's monitored 24-7 by live security professionals. And you get dispatch, police dispatch, up to 350% faster than a normal burglar alarm. Go to simplysafe.com slash overtime. That's simplysafe.com slash overtime to get your free shipping on your order plus a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com slash overtime to save on your home security today. And guys, I don't know how secure I feel as you message, as I messaged you guys late last night, maybe. Probably everybody's in bed. And I said, what what are we going to talk about on the show tomorrow night? And we got a couple of things. Phil Snow's in the house, this and that. And then Cody says... I want to talk about who will be the few, the quarterback for the Carolina Panthers next year. Mm. Damn. Yeah. What are you yep. even yeah. talking about? Why Good are you call. even saying these things? Because, you know, uh, there comes a moment in, in everybody's life where, you know, you might be in the middle of a situation where you understand the inevitable future. And it might not be what you want to happen, but sometimes the writing, uh, the writing is on the wall. And before I start to delve into this further and start talking about this in the way that I want to, um, Tony, if you have it prepared, um, would you throw up that clip of Ian Rappaport for our wonderful fans? All right, here we go. When it comes to Joe Brady going to Carolina, do you think his style of offense that he just brought from LSU means that Cam Newton is out because Cam wouldn't necessarily fit in that type of offense? I would say that if Cam Newton is in his prime and healthy uh, and without a contract situation hanging over his head, he could fit in any offense. Um, my assumption, I shouldn't say my assumption, my belief, my understanding that the Panthers will look to trade Cam Newton when he is healthy. 
we don't know for sure when he's going to be healthy. He had surgery with hopes of being healthy in March, so that is the goal. So I would expect him to be healthy in March, right around there, and for them to seek a trade with him regardless. Because um, remember, you know, if Cam Newton is on the Panthers next year, he's not going to want to go out there with no guaranteed money in a greatly undervalued deal. Because Cam Newton, when he's healthy, is worth a lot more than the $18 million he's going to be paid, right? Yep. So he would want a new contract, have a hard time imagining the Panthers with a completely new regime would re-up. Um, so to me, all signs point to him being traded regardless of the offensive scheme. Uh, and I think the Panthers will, you know, will start new probably as they should. And Panther Nation, man, fans of this podcast, let me tell you, when I heard this clip, it it hit me differently. It hit me differently. And I already hear Josh in the chat saying, screw Rappaport, and Rappaport is this and that. And 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 listen, I, I gotta I gotta kind of put a hold to that, man, because this is the sort of realization that I came to. That I came to. Cam Newton knows he's worth more than the eighteen to twenty million dollars that he's under contract for next year. Well, David Tepper and the Carolina Panthers know this as well. Why would Cam Newton play for nineteen million a year? If let's say the Los Angeles Chargers are willing to sign him for thirty-five million dollars for him to go to LA and play this year, yeah. Cam, Cam Newton has a family. Cam Newton has four children. Now, after Lucas retired, we all know um, football doesn't last forever, and you have to maximize uh, your time while you're able to play football. And the important thing to mention is that David Tepper and the Panthers know this as, as well. And think, if you're David Tepper, a Cam Newton injury has tanked this football team for the past two years in a row. Two and a half if, years. Right? Yeah, so if Cam Newton comes to the table now and says, hey, listen, I would love to play with Joe Brady and play in this offense, but I'm going to need some more guaranteed money in order to do so. Well, why would David Tepper do that? That Cam Newton, you know, unless they, for some reason, believe he will be back and healthier than ever before, Cam Newton hasn't been able to do that for two years in a row. Mm -hmm. All right, two things. Two things that I want to ask before we go further is, number one, who is going to give Cam right now and just saying, the Rams thirty-five. What is, is he's just going to get one year for thirty-five million dollars? Like, well, and yeah. also with this is that if you trade him, then he goes into contract negotiations with that team, right? So my question to you is this: is how does Cam force this to happen? Because it does, I think, need to be forced. Is because why wouldn't you just make Cam play his final year under that deal? And all right, so answer that question, then I have one other one. Well, because it's not really a matter of forcing them. So if you're David Tepper and or Marty Herney or whoever is making the decisions for the Panthers right now, and you know that Cam Newton wants more money to play football, and you're not willing to give him that money, but and that's why Ian Rappaport said in that clip they're going to look to trade him. So maybe it does come down to that. Maybe there aren't no interested trade partners. And, you know, they're going to end up having to cross that bridge when they get to it. But if there's going to be another football team 
that's willing to give up draft capital, whether it be this year or next, to move on from a player that you have so many questions and injury concerns about, then it it basically kind of behooves them to do that. And another point that I wanted to make to people, David Tepper just showed the entire world with the signing of Matt Rule and Joe Brady that he is willing to throw money around in order to commit to a championship rebuild. Joe Brady, Joe Brady's system is the definition of quarterback friendly. So it's a, a very foreseeable uh, scenario where the Panthers are saying, well, look, we're going to get as much picks, as much draft capital as we can for Cam Newton while there's still a market for him. And there will be a market for him. And they can either use... All right, that's my uh, second question. What do you think is the reasonable value of Cam Newton? in a trade scenario see for me it just really depends on what cam newton feels like he can he can do because i like i I gotta push back on, on on what cody was saying with his i feel like you're right cam newton maybe feels like he he is a better player than that but i think he feels like he can be a better player than that and he hasn't been lately i think for him to take 18 19 million dollars a year and approve a deal is kind of a gracious move from him because he he hasn't proven that he can do this. And I don't know that he can go out in the market and demand more money than that based on his production the last two and a half years. Not saying that I you know I love Cam Dude and I'm wearing his jersey right now, but you know, facts are facts. You know, the, the greatest ability avail or greatest ability be, uh, greatest ability is availability and he hasn't been available for the last two years. So I, f- I feel like he doesn't have the opportunity to go out and demand this much money. He's got to prove it wherever he goes. Well, and, 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 and that's true. And my, my thing is this, though. I mean, you look at how many teams have a free agent quarterback uh, going into next year. So uh, Philip Rivers isn't going to be back to the Chargers. That Tom doesn't Brady help your trade capital, though. To... Right. Well, well, exactly. well, so what it does, because well, he's on the Panthers for one more year. So what could essentially happen is, and you've seen this happen in the past, is that if a team, uh, let's say they want you know, a, a player, they'll, they'll trade him and they'll basically say, we'll trade him with the, uh, with the knowledge that you're going to try and come to a deal or that you're going to come to a deal with this player that, that we're trading. But and see, I, I don't could easily. But okay, say you're the Los Angeles Chargers. I've been throwing this team around. Say okay. you're the Chargers. Every single home game for the Chargers is dominated by fans of other teams. Okay, the Chargers uh, need something to spark excitement as they're going into a brand new stadium next year. Cam right. Newton is one of the most electric, dynamic players <laughs> in all the NFL. I mean, if I mean, I don't know when they would be healthy, right? So this is the question that every team is going to have to answer. But I, I, if I'm a betting man, I'm willing to say that there's going to be a team that's going to bet on Cam Newton enough to trade for him and sign him to an extension worth, you know, at least a year or two worth of, of guaranteed money. And then they'd be able to evaluate from there. And I just don't think that David Tepper would be the one 
to do that. Uh, I, I don't think David Tepper would be the one to take the chance on Cam Newton after two years in a row where Cam Newton being hurt sent our entire season into a spiral. Right. What are you realistically going to get for Cam Newton, though? And I want to shout out some people in the chat room. First, Jeff, says, Jeff Hyde says if the Panthers ain't going to pay him, no one else is going to. I think he said that that's, earlier. That's kind of my point right there. Yeah. The, uh, later, to, yeah. Another thing, yeah. Tim Tizzy said that you might be able to get a second or a couple of threes for him. You're talking about a Cam Newton, though. What do you think the real trade value for the Carolina Panthers is when it comes to Cam Newton and a free agency market that's going to be dominated? We're about to enter an unprecedented free agent market where quarterbacks are moving around like uh, musical chairs. We're talking Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, Philip Rivers, Tom Brady, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. The list continues, I think, past that probably now you're t- oh andy dalton now you're talking about cam newton who what are you I, realistically gonna get for him right now so i don't i mean it depends on what team we end up trading with i can see anywhere from you know maybe a first round but even if it's second or third round picks i mean that's those are picks that end up being starting players so, and uh, another thing that you have to think about is this too. You're going to commit so much money to Cam Newton. And, but all these other, like Patrick Mahomes is going to the Super Bowl under a rookie contract right now. And it's, it's what we should have done with Cam Newton is what I would assume David Tepper and the Panthers will want to do with another quarterback, which, by the way, I reiterate, this. Joe Brady guy that we just brought in has a very quarterback friendly system. So it's, 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 it's more financially responsible for the team to want to move on. And by the way, don't, don't get me twisted here. I want Cam Newton to be the quarterback for the Panthers. I think you're more, I don't, we're not getting up. I don't think people are getting it twisted about your love for, for Cam. What I don't know is that the market, and the leverage is there as much now. And then the other thing is, all right, so what we've we've talked about is this, is number one is who is that trade partner and how much are they seriously going to offer? And is that worth more than Cam is to you, even for just a stopgap year or a prove-it year? We've also talked about his inability really to sit out. He can't sit out. So if the Panthers wanted to force it uh, last year, and even think about franchise tagging him after that. He can't sit out. He hasn't played football long enough in, in a long enough time to do right. that. My last question then, and then we'll turn it over to everybody else, is with all of those things, which I think kind of leans against it happening, or at least a, against it even happening and being that great for your team, do you truly think that the who would be the Panthers quarterback next year and do you really think that Rule and Brady and all these guys, anybody in their right mind truly wants to think about what's going to happen four and five years now? Wouldn't you want to at least try to get started off on a good – you know, who's the quarterback then? Who is the quarterback so, if Cam isn't? If it's not Cam Newton, then we seriously have to talk about uh, the, the the names that people don't want to consider, but – 
We have to. We got to start talking about two attacking by Loa being mm-hmm. an option. He's for not going to be there. Call. He's not going to yeah, be there. No, that no, I I concur 100. I don't and think that's he, why we got to make moves. I don't think he falls past the Dolphins. Um, that uh, people are convinced that they hate Justin Herbert, which I would tell people to pump the brakes on that. But um, and, and then there's also the possibility, as I mentioned earlier, um, of free agency. Uh, there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks that are going to be hitting the free. I, I, I'll pull it up uh, when Greg starts uh, talking, so that way I can have a list of oh, all CK's the free got a, ba- a baby. How does CK get? Oh no, that's a that's picture. A picture. <laughs> I thought he was holding a baby on camera. I got fooled. No, but um, there, so I, I could very easily see a a, a scenario which. We don't have Cam Newton's contract uh, as a burden anymore. I could very easily see them wanting to uh, maybe sign a free agent quarterback as a stopgap and draft a quarterback in the meantime that that you can develop and and, and is actually a starter level quarterback, unlike Kyle Allen and Will Greer. Well, the thing about this whole situation is, uh, you know, the first move, whatever move we make, determines everything else that happens after that. Because if we stay with Cam, that changes our draft and where we go in the future. If we decide to trade Cam, it, it makes us an immediate need for a quarterback to either trade for, like Cody was saying, uh, a, a stopgap guy like Philip Rivers or Andy Dalton, somebody like that. Or can I um, interject and say what Josh pointed out in the chat room is those guys would cost more than Cam. I agree, and that's why I don't think they'll go that direction. And here's the thing with Cam, too, is Cam has no real leverage because, like I said, he hasn't played for the last two and a half years almost, and he he's 19, was 18, 19 million. I can't remember. One of those two is somewhere in between there. If we trade Cam, the other team picks up that option, and they don't have to sign him to anything. They may be looking at him as a cheap stopgap for whatever they're trying to get to. So he has no real leverage if we decided to trade him. Like, they're going to take that contract, and they're under no obligation to sign him. I don't so, understand I mean, why we would... Uh, Cody, explain to me how this would be good for the Carolina Panthers. Well, I mean, on the on surface, face value, it doesn't seem like it would be good because we're losing Cam Newton. But I mentioned and it you're before. not getting anything. Would, what do you really get? Well, uh, okay, trade. so it, it, it depends on... So, listen, I'm a little bit different than you guys... Uh, and thinking that that Cam has a, a, a little more, just because we think that no one's going to sign Cam Newton or no one would want to, you know, trade or pay a player that's been hurt for two years. I promise you, man, there is going to be a team out there that looks at the prospect of a healthy Cam Newton, and and so that Cam is going to be healthy by March. That's why he had the surgery. If Cam Newton is healthy and ready to go, yeah, you, there are going to be teams that, in my mind, and I could be wrong about this, that are going to be willing to sign Cam Newton to a, a new deal. Now, it might not be the biggest deal in the NFL, but, it, I mean, you might see, like, a similar to, say, Kirk Cousins, a three-year deal, and they just kind of roll from there. Kirk Cousins got th- Three years, eighty-four million guaranteed. Well, not necessarily. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that's a big deal. I'm not talking deal. the dollar amount. I'm saying <laughs> for 
for that amount of time. And it depends. We don't know what Cam Newton feels that he's worth, but this is for damn sure. Cam Newton knows he's worth more than $18 million. And and I'm, I'm sorry, there's, just, there's no way that Cam Newton, in, in my mind, unless he has absolutely no other option, but he, is going to pay for, uh, play for that amount of money. But it doesn't I, matter what he yeah. thinks. It matters what everybody who's going to pay him thinks. And what you the know, team I think thinks. I'm worth a million might, dollars. Carolina yeah. owns the rights to him, and I think it would be foolish to trade him for pen, for pennies. I agree. And right agree. now is that pennies. if you're just going to get a second-round pick, Unless you're getting a top ten pick, I don't even want to hear about it. And do you really think it's reason- possible to not get a first round pick? Are we all just saying that no team is going to give a first round pick for Cam? Can can I can I put my trade scenario out there? I know well, it's well, kind of fantasy footballish, but well, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's just yeah. Go ahead. Okay, so this is a three team scenario, and like I said, this is kind of fantasy football. But if you play fantasy football with me, you know that I love to trade. I try to make good deals for everybody, and I think this is a good deal that works out for everybody. Uh, New England gets Cam Newton and the Peck Panthers' second-round pick plus third-round pick next year. Cincinnati gets Tom Brady and the Patriots' first and second pick this year plus the Panthers' fourth pick next year. So we've given up a second and a third this year and a fourth next year, and then we get the number one pick and Pat and uh, Stephon Gilmore. Three-team trade scenario. It might be a little extreme. There may have to be a little more picks in there. But it could work, man. You, you could work something like that out. But why would they trade Stephon Gilmore, though? Because because Bilicek does that kind of stuff, man. <laughs> that's what he does. All I can say is, like, that's the only trade right now that I am interested in. Because, right, I, I wanted to... All right, CK, have you been listening to this? The whole thing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Your thoughts... Re- on Cam Replace Newton's future with pick, and, and Carolina, and then we'll go back to this trade. I mean, the more and more I think about it, I, I believe that uh, that Cody has somewhat convinced me that Cam isn't going to be here. Not, you know, much to my dismay, but I, I really, especially, and, and I, I almost think that the loss of Luke solidifies this for me. Right, you know, this is a full-on rebuild, in my opinion, at this point yeah. in time. Like, it doesn't feel like we're just one year away or anything. I feel very similar, in my opinion, to the San Francisco 49ers, uh, you know, just, what, three years ago. And and where they didn't know where they were going. They didn't have a franchise quarterback. They really didn't have a defense that was going to, you know, step up and get them in a, in a good spot. You know, it was – and then they ended up making a move for Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, obviously uh, – People have their opinions on that move, but nonetheless, they've they've built that team up to be borderline unstoppable, right? And so I think that we have to we have to acknowledge that. I think that this may be the end of the Cam Newton era because I just I agree. I think that Cam Newton, why would he he would I can almost guarantee that he's going to find some you know uh, someone who's going to be able to let's let's go this way. He made that cryptic post about he's not accepting mediocrity, right? Well, when you look at his his paycheck compared to the other quarterbacks in the league, he is paid very mediocre, you know, in comparison. He's what, I think 16th or 17th? He's in the bottom half of the total in, in salary for, like, for quarterbacks. And Cam Newton, and I assure you there's some teams out there that are going to think that he is better. Let's just 
a lot of people were going to look at Kirk Cousins, right? Kirk Cousins isn't that much younger than Cam Newton. Like, so, he's not. So, I think it was 2012. So, uh, yeah. CK, you mind if I jump in and give you this uh, free agent? Um, so these are all the free agent quarterbacks that we know are going to be free agents uh, going into this next year. Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, Philip Rivers, Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, and Case Keenum. Now, oh, by and the way, Dak Prescott. Yeah. Dak Prescott too. Sure. Oh man, yeah. Dak Prescott, yep. Well, they're probably going to pay Dak. But, yeah, they're, they're going to pay a few of and, players, and, so. and and another one to keep in mind: if the Bengals draft Joe Burrow number one. Then they're going to move on from Andy Dalton, so Andy Dalton's going to be another. And he came uh, out the same year as Cam. So now, now let me. The, so Ryan Tannehill, Marcus. Now Marriott. someone in the chat room said that Philip Rivers might end up costing more, but okay. Let, let's. Who would you rather have uh, at, at this point in their career? I, I'll go down the list. We kind of did something similar last Tuesday. Would you rather have forty-one-year-old Drew Brees? Or 30-year-old Cam Newton? 30-year-old Cam Newton. Okay. How about Tom Brady or Cam Newton? Cam Newton. Tom Brady took a step back this year. Okay. Well, well, Greg, tell me what you think. Cam Newton or Tom Brady? But look, look, you got to give me a better – like, you got to lay the scenario out a little better. Are you talking about for the future, like to build a franchise in the next few years? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just right now playing. No. no, You're talking just right now playing. I'm taking Drew Brees over over Andrew Cam Newton. Like – any, any day. Are you right now? I think the only reason you would say that right now you would take Cam Newton over those two guys if you're another team, if you're a third-party team, is because mm-hmm. you think because you're just trying to get a year out of them. They're both shot. Drew Brees can't throw a deep pass anymore. And Cam it's not Newton because hasn't won a game in two years, Yeah, but that's dude. because of health. <laughs> Drew Brees is 41 years old. Tom Brady and he was in the playoffs. And he was in the playoffs. 13-3. Yeah, had, you're right. they had a defense. Can we talk I mean, about this? The, yeah, the, but... the, the fact that Cam right, Newton, so... you, Tony, you say that Cam Newton hasn't won a game in two years. He's played – he's lost eight games. Like, when you say hasn't won a game in two years, you make it seem like he's uh, – He's been zero and sixteen for two years in a row. And in it's all not you're right because of him. You're right. Without context, okay, that does a year sound and weird. a half. He's not wrong. He's, he's not wrong. But without context, you're right. It does sound weird. So. But it's, it's been still, a it's but, been a long time. All right. So here here's the other thing is that as we continue to say Cam Newton, Cam Newton, Cam Newton, that all, none of this tells me that the Carolina Panthers should move on from Cam Newton. Again, I say this is sorry, Cam. You got to play next year on this deal. And if you're healthy and we like it, we're going to extend you. If not, we're going to franchise you and fucking guess what? It happens to all these motherfuckers all the time. But what's what's most important about a rebuild? What's most important is having draft picks. Yeah, and money. And we can't get draft picks out of Cam next year. You can't even get them now. You can at least get something. I don't. I, I don't buy that. I, I don't buy that you're not going to be. I mean, the the what round the pick is might you know we can argue back and forth. You know, second, third. I, I still think it's possible to get a first, but it just depends on the football team. Um, hell, I wouldn't be surprised if the Patriots. Oh uh, yeah, fuck it. Yeah, we'll give you our first round pick for Cam Newton. Just I'm, I'm telling you, the Patriots. All right, so that. back to the. And let's go back to Greg's trade. 
Or do yeah, we and need real to... quick, uh, real quick, I'll watch, I'll watch right. We'll go. Uh, well, sorry. Did you want to go somewhere else? No, the question was, do we have to keep going down this list of people where we have to ask this insane question? Would you like this person or Cam? Would you like this person or Cam? Well, no, but, oh, no, we don't have to. My, I, I'm saying, the, but to, to your argument, though, Cam Newton is, uh, especially if he gets a clean bill of health, that they are able to show every football team that would be willing to trade for him, like what Ian Rappaport was talking about in that video. Cam Newton is a much better uh, option than either one these aging quarterbacks like Breeze Brady and Phillip Rivers that have played their best football that are on the wrong side of 30 and all these other quarterbacks like uh, Jameis Winston Teddy Bridgewater, Marcus Mariota Case Keenum, Cam Newton has proven to be so much more and do so much more than those guys have shown the ability to do that tells me that there is going to be more of a market for Cam Newton than people are giving it credit for. Remember earlier this past year, uh, someone floated out there and they said as many as 10 teams would be interested in Cam Newton. I, I mean, I, I'm telling you, man. Especially right, You're uh, talking about all this, that, but what then do the Panthers do to get back on track? Because waiting well, another year, like you have a top 10 pick right now, and you're not getting a guy that you believe can do it. You know why? You know why? So here's the thing. You look at Dak Prescott, right? Would you consider Dak Prescott elite? No. No, I mean, I would no. say he's a good quarterback. We can be a pleasant surprise for the fifth yeah. round or third round. Do you know what he came into? He came into the best offensive line in the, in the league. He had a great running back. And he had, uh, at that point in time, he had the receivers that could catch the ball, right? And yeah. he, obviously that changed He's been pretty now good. Let's give him some credit, too. He's been no, yeah, yeah, good. And I agree, he's, he's good. been good. But what I'm he's saying not, is yeah. he, he, is, he has benefited. It's sort of like the Patrick Mahomes debate. Patrick Mahomes is good, but is he that good? Or is it that he has got the most yes, talented roster ever to be good. assembled in the NFL? I don't know, man. I think I, I, well, I think I, both I of those things can be true at the same time. I think Patrick there Mahomes is like special, that. but there is far and away no nastier offensive personnel than what the Kansas City Chiefs are rolling into. The With Super Andy Reid, tell me, yes, there's maybe one or two people that have ever played as a quarterback under Andy Reid and not blossomed and been yeah. incredible. So I'm yeah. telling you, like when you look at it from that perspective, I think a rebuild is almost necessary, and and that, that may mean that Cam Newton isn't going to be here, and who we have this year may be irrelevant. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, can I tell you? That what means I feel we're like trying to get a number one pick in two years, and that means. Do you know how Not wrong? Necessarily. Mm. No. Look, look do you, can Maybe. I tell you what I think the safest move is? The safest move, because look, here's the thing. I know we're talking about doing a rebuild. But we do have good players. Like, we do have Curtis Samuel's a good player. DJ Moore's a good player. He was a top 10 wide receiver this year. We um, have the best Chris running McCaffrey. back in the league. That's what I'm saying. We have good players. So I, that's why I have a hard time saying it's a complete rebuild. The safest thing to do is pay Cam, Cam Newton his last year of his contract, give him a prove it year. Because the worst that happens is we get, a, we get a top 10 draft pick next year. We get a good draft pick. And then we can go from there. There's a good quarterback class coming in next year. The safest bet is to pay Cam Newton I'm his last you. year, have him you. play, and then and here's the thing. What My if he does play been changed. If, if he plays really, really well, but we still have a losing record, 
we can still pick up a quarterback, and then his trade value is increased that much more. That is by far our safest way to go, not necessarily the best route to take, though. I mean, I know that doesn't make sense saying that. Safest and best aren't always the same thing. So it depends on where they want to go with this, this uh, franchise, but it all depends on the first move made. Either Cam Newton's traded or, or the draft pick, whichever comes first, man, that, that's going to develop everything else in the future. Yeah. I, so. I would... Um... I would be more open to this conversation if there was a realistic chance of us getting Burrow or Tua. But other and, than and that, Andrew? I don't want to gamble. The worst thing that the Panthers could do is take a stab at somebody at seven and force this and set us back years. That isn't the guy. Right. You, you, bet, you, you draft Justin Herbert... And he turns out to be, damn, Blaine Gabbert. Yeah. You don't want that either. So unless you can get the guy, I don't see how it behooves the Carolina Panthers to just see what happens next year with Cam. And if it doesn't, I mean, you could always trade him after next year in the middle of the season maybe. I know that's kind of ludicrous. Well, I agree with the fact that I think it's it's – like a 5% chance that we get Joe Burrow, right? You know, there's there's a very slim chance, and I would even venture to say it's lower than that. But my fear is that we give up all of this for the quarterback of the future for this rebuild, right? We have no, no offensive line to protect him for this whole process because we have no draft picks to be able to build up our offensive line. Uh, we have this whole situation, and then Joe Burrow turns into, Joe, you know, into Ryan Leaf. You know, that's just the last thing I want to have happen. And that, you know, yeah. there's no way of predicting these things. But, you know, I, I we've got to think about, is it logical now to push for the quote-unquote quarterback of the future at the very beginning of a rebuild? And What's I don't the, think that's... I think you're I, I think a good would, point right I, there, especially if you can't get the guy. Yeah. Hey, so, I mean, listen, y'all might hate this, but what I mentioned earlier... You know, Joe Brady has this great system for quarterbacks. And he was in the spread, and, and Matt Rule knows a lot about this as well. Um, I would not doubt it if, you know, if we decide to get a bunch of picks, save up for this year's draft and next year's draft. It hurts me to even say it, but they might kick the tires on Will Greer for another mm. year and, and, and see what, what they can get out of him. And then maybe that puts you in a better position to take a Trevor Lawrence next year or a Justin Fields next year. Mm. Um, you know, that's that's stuff that that we got to start thinking about. And listen, it's hard for us to talk about because we want the answer to be as simple as Cam Newton comes back and brings us to the damn Super Bowl. And yeah. I hope that, and I hope that happens. I think we all hope that happens. But I, I just feel like reading the tea leaves, it just doesn't seem like a likely scenario that, that Cam Newton, in my opinion, is going to play for $19 million. And I, and I do think that some other team will agree to pay him money. Now, if they don't, then that's a problem for Cam Newton, and the Panthers can make him play. But I just don't see it getting that far. Um, Ian Rappaport is not just being 
uh, on bias because it doesn't like Cam. I mean, I even used to say that shit a few weeks ago. It's just, it's not true. This is stuff that he is hearing from inside sources. So it might end up being all bullshit, but I, I just, I don't think that it is. T Money 1993 says it's developing. It's about developing, not drafting offensive linemen. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit more about how to go forward if the Panthers with or without Cam and how they uh, continue to evolve as a team, which they will have to do. And you can read about it in The Athletic. This week's show is brought to you, sponsored by Athletic. It's a subscription-based sports news site for real fans. It's super in-depth coverage. You know, the best beat writers go to the, have gone to The Athletic. They've been poaching them all from the dying newspaper industry. Joe Person and Jordan Rodrigue are there covering the Carolina Panthers. They also have writers like Jay Glazer, Mike Sando, and Michael Lombardi, who are um, national writers as well. There's no ads, no pop-ups or clickbait. It's just great sports writing and great storytelling. They have live Q&As. And you can get, love. yeah, they're fun, isn't it? Where you get to interact with them. Yeah, and, yeah. You, Joe Person, you know, he'll respond right to a question you have, and all. It's really cool. I think it's worth, you know, definitely worth the money for sure. You can get forty percent off a yearly script subscription to the Athletic dot com slash overtime. That is the Athletic dot com slash overtime. Make sure you do it that way. Theathletic.com slash overtime. You get 40% off your yearly subscription. And I tell you, if you don't have The Athletic, it's really like the one thing that I actually think is worth kind of just paying for. It's cheap. And they're always generally got what I've seen, the best writers out there. And the Charlotte Observer has fallen to the depths of you know, Depravity. The Athletic is the first media outlet I've ever paid for. And honestly, I, I'm going to renew it next year for sure. Same for me. Same for me. All right. Uh, let's go ahead, guys. Let's jump over to the cat calls. The number is 252-228-5098. That's 252-228-5098. Be sure to smash the thumbs up button or have your voice heard on the show by calling in. So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty you shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think catcalling makes the person feel? It feels good like... What up, CT? This is Ryan from Texas, Arizona. Tony, I was the one that called and said you were a jockstrap singer. I have now promoted you to uh, the sock singer because you've done a really good job. Uh, Craig, you've been demoted and you are now officially the Josh Strap Cleaner. Josh Strap Daddy. <laughs> Josh Strap Daddy. Josh Strap Daddy. Uh, you said the Patriots were an up and coming football team prior to the 2001 season. But from 1990 to 2000, they had a 73 and 103 record. 98. They were nine and seven, ninety nine. They were eight and eight. In two thousand, they were five and eleven. And after they got smoked by the Green the Chicago Bears in eighty five, they missed the playoffs six years in a row. And they only made the playoffs four times after that. So they were not an up and coming football team, dude. Don't quote stats if you ain't gonna do it correctly. All right, Josh Carter. I got more stuff for you later, but I don't have enough time to cram stuff down your throat. You've been acting like a salty little girl the last couple of weeks. 
Anyways, love the show. Keep pounding. Damn. And make sure you get them yellow stains out of them jock straps, buddy, right? And get those pubes off, too. Later. <laughs> we might have to play that again for uh for Greg. No, I think we, the funny thing is Greg walked away to smoke a cigarette, so he completely missed it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we gotta, we gotta play it. We gotta play it again, so he knows right. he's the uh, okay. Jock he's on. He's on blast. Uh, all right, next call. Hey guys, Kyle from VA. Um, uh, I want to just uh, touch on something real quick uh, from last week's episode where y'all you know, were discussing um, the transition for Matt Rule from college to the to the league um, and I know Greg's not real big on the Matt Rule train yet but I think with time that will come I think Matt Rule's going to do amazing and we've really put a good coaching staff together I think so far this offseason but one of the things that Greg was saying that he thinks is a disadvantage in the in the pros is uh, in college you get 20, 30 new kids every year but you're also losing that many and in in the in the league, you get to stay with the pretty much the same core guys, you know, you know depending on contracts, whatever. But you, the main core of your team, you get to stick with them for longer, so you get to learn their strengths and weaknesses better. And I mean, it's just it's it's more of a it's more of a family type, I think. Instead of like college, is like a passing through, I and mean, you can build those bonds in college, but you're just kind of passing through to try to get to a league. I think sticking with the same core of guys is more of an advantage for uh, Matt Rule. He's not going to be getting 20, 30 new players a year, but he doesn't have to learn 20, 30 new players every year. So I mean, devastating when looked on it. I mean, but um, and I see we finally named Phil Snow as the defense coordinator. I've been wondering about that. It seemed like it's pretty much been decided for however long between uh, amongst the fans, but they finally named it, and and I think Phil Snow's going to be amazing, dude. He's got we've got talent on defense, dude. And they're just watching some of his stuff and watching that clip of him firing up the team uh, in Baylor, and I think I think he's really going to be able to put together a good defense. And I'm cautiously optimistic about next year. Depending, like always, depending on what happens with Cam Newton. Um, if Cam can be healthy and we keep him, I really think we could do something next year, man. We're going to have a hell of a team if we had a QB1 meeting us. But anyway, guys, time's running out. Um, can't wait to hear the show. Keep pounding. All right, thanks for your call. The number's 252-228-5098. All right, Cody's, Cody, thoughts on the staff being put together, Phil Snow, as defensive coordinator, Joe Brady as offensive coordinator, even without the Cam Newton stuff, how where do you see in response to that call? Yeah, so I really like the Phil Snow hire, and it made it makes sense. I mean, we talked about it like it was a done deal before it even happened, um, because everywhere that uh, Matt Rule has been, Phil Snow has come with him, and he kind of considers Phil Snow something of a mentor to him. So. I think it's a great thing. There's a clip floating around on Twitter, and I even retweeted it. Uh, it was a clip of Phil Snow at Baylor um, basically teaching up his guys and, and telling them why they're doing what on the certain specific plays 
And, you know, I think one of the things that you've talked about before, Tony, is that these coaches, first and foremost, have to be teachers. They have to help players to understand not only what it is that they're supposed to be doing, but why they're supposed to be doing it. And it's so important to get everyone on the same page. And correct me if I'm wrong, but did our defense not look like uh, chickens running around with their heads cut off last season? Nobody knew where the ball was going. We had no run defense. Um, it just seems like Phil Snow is the type of guy uh, that can motivate the defense and, and also have them prepared. So I'm happy with this hiring. Um, I'm happy that Phil Snow is on board. And um, uh, I'm, I am so on board with all the coaching moves that have been made by the Carolina Panthers, from Matt Rule to Joe Brady to Phil Snow. I mean, I couldn't have imagined a better, um, uh, you know, that we were to have put together a better coaching staff than we have right now. I mean, there's uh, every reason to be optimistic. Well, they, you know, Matt Ruling has uh, never won a football game without Snow, Phil Snow by his side. He is a loyal defensive coordinator, and both of them have preached the importance of teaching. And this has something been something I have hammered home on this show for years now, going back to when we had Ken Dorsey as Cam Newton's quarterbacks coach to questions about not even about play calling, play design, and aptitude of some of our coaches, but their ability to convey that. And I think one of the things, or to teach it, and so it's nice to hear these guys emphasizing that teaching component. One of the things I do think, and I've said this on the podcast several times in many different ways, but that young people were so informed today about so many things. We kind of smell bullshit, and we need to know why we're doing things. And when you know that why, you believe, you buy in, and you commit. And Snow has said that he is, that's what he likes, is about being a teacher. Now, going to the offensive side of the ball, Joe Brady, we're celebrating all of this, and he is 30 years old, relatively little experience overall, I would say. But people are looking at him as kind of this savant of offensive coordinators going forward because of what they did with LSU. Here is, when asked about his system, Joe Brady in the most non-press conference ever. Yeah, we'll follow up on that. The, you use so much of the, the spread offense in, in, at LSU. Do you feel like that <clears throat> concept, that scheme, can that work in the NFL? Look, I, it's hard to label an offense anymore these days. You know, I, you, you talk about a West Coast system. You call, talk about a spread system. You know, everybody kind of has put their own, their own stamp on on uh, what they, who they are, and what they are. Um, you know, so to be able to talk about our system, like our system is going to be, like I keep talking about, it's going to be what our players do best. You know, and I think that changes year to year. I think that changes um, based upon what you have. You know, at the end of the day, it's all about a vision that you have for your players. You know, each person on your roster, on your offense, you know, you should have a vision for, and they all have to, you know, play a role in. You know, when you can find guys that fit the vision and and understand their role, that's when I think you have success. And so, regardless of labeling what system it is. You know, I think you have to put together a system that, you know, has a vision for what you guys are looking for. All right, CK, what are your thoughts uh, when it comes to the hiring of both Joe Brady and Phil Snow? Just take over. Go where you want with that question. 
Man, I, you know, I think there's something to be said about Joe Brady's press conference. It was the most uh, non-informative press conference yeah, I've ever. Most sanitary press conference ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know anything about that. You know, it's you know, we don't know. We, you know, I don't really know. I'm going to answer these questions with a lot of I don't knows. You know, because I don't. It, it, I get it. It's it's really early. Um, you really don't know what the game plan is that the, the the back office has for the draft. So to prematurely come out and say that this offense is going to run this way, I get why you have to be very cautious about what you're saying. And also, you lose a lot of leverage if you say, "Yeah, we don't want Cam. Like we want somebody else. We don't want Cam. We'll, we'll pay." I, I wanted we'll pay to bring for- this up. Uh, let me is maybe the most telling piece that Cody has not dropped in his Cam Newton will not be with Carolina, like formula here is that i listened to that whole joe brady um press conference ck and not one question about cam yeah what the hell like why didn't anybody say well uh they asked him about c-mac nobody asked him about cam They probably handed out like rules. <laughs> flyers beforehand. Matt like, rules. No questions about. Yeah, <laughs> hey, listen, uh, you guys want to start out. You guys want to keep your media credentials with the team, right? Yeah. So no questions about Cam, please. Wow. You know, we want to leave. <laughs> I can see that being the case. But I mean, let's be honest. I mean, why would they answer any questions about Cam? Why? Well, he didn't point? answer any what? other questions. At least you could have stuck it to him, and, and then he didn't answer yeah. it. Well, and I, I think that. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, okay, I was just say, can I comment on that and something kind of supporting what Cody's talking about, about why I think Cam Newton is possibly gone, even though I don't think it's necessarily the best thing to do? And first I want to show i got an empty salt shaker here. So no salt tonight. Oh, we got to play our that, – That's got, for Brad Dugan, no salt tonight. Did you hear the first uh, cat call? Nah, he Mike hasn't. Let him make his point before we yeah, drop we, it on. Okay. I know, but we got, we, got, we got to play it for you again. It was okay, dire- cool. It was, di- no it was directed toward you. We'll just say that. Okay, cool. Um, uh, real quick, I just want to say I know that uh, I talked to Cody about this the other day, and I listened to the Speak for Yourself podcast, and TJ Hushmanzad is on there, and I agree with Cody. A lot of stuff he says is just crazy, but – he does have ties with the Bengals, like deep ties with the Bengals. He played for them for a long time, uh, you know, so he talks to the people within the franchise. And he he said that he knows from people within the Bengals franchise that Brady wants Burrow. Okay, which means that that's already happened. Like, well, maybe not the transaction, but the discussion has at least already started. And that was uh, last week, beginning of last week. So that's why I'm saying... Brady signed an eleven, like an extension with LSU, and eleven days later signed with us. Uh, you know, there's talks of Brady, no, like Cincinnati, knowing that Brady wants Burrow. I think that all backs up what Cody's saying is that we're looking to move Cam Newton. I don't think he's going to be with us next year. As much as I hate to say it, I, I think that that's like that's their play. Uh, but let's hear the cat call. Oh, okay. You sure you want to hear it? <laughs> yeah, I want to hear it. Yeah, I want to hear it. <laughs> Talk about your it. mom. So what are your thoughts on that? I can take it. It's this one. Hey, guys. Kyle from VA. Um, no, it wasn't that one, was it? Was it no, one before uh, that. Before? It? Was it the first call of the night? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it was part of that. Yeah, it was on this one. What up, C3? This is Ryan from Texas, Arizona. Tony, I was the one that called and said you were a jock trap singer. I have now promoted you to the sock singer because you've done a really good job. Uh, Craig, you've been demoted, and you are now officially the Josh Trap Cleaner. 
Jockstrap Daddy. Oh no. That's what you are. <laughs> oh no. Jockstrap Daddy. Jockstrap Daddy. Oh, the no. Patriots were an up and coming football team prior to the 2001 season. I wanted to point From this out too. They had a 73 and 103 record. 98, they were 9-7, 99, they were 8-8. Eight and, eight. and 2000, they were 5-11. And, and after they got smoked by the Green, the Chicago Bears in 85, they missed the playoffs six years in a row. And they only made okay. the playoffs four times after that. Okay. So they were not an up-and-coming football team, dude. Don't quote stats if you ain't going to do it correctly. Right, <laughs> oh, really? okay. I got more stuff for you later, but I don't have enough time to cram stuff down your throat because you've been acting like a salty little girl the last couple of weeks. Anyways, <laughs> love the show. Keep pounding. And make sure you get them yellow stains out of them jock straps, buddy, all right? And get those pubes uh, off, too. Uh -huh. Later. <laughs> Brutal. Damn, he wants Put some smoke. salt in the yeah. salt shaker for Ryan. Yeah, you, yeah, you might. <laughs> hey. Yeah, definitely. And I did want to mention that last week when you said that that they were not becoming before Tom Brady took over. I'm like, yeah. I went and looked at their record. I'm like, yeah, they weren't even close to being up and coming at that point in time. But I mean, it, it's hard to remember a time where the Patriots weren't considered great. So I understand where the the misunderstanding may have come from with that, but yeah, I, I did want to mention that, but I didn't. I, I didn't do what he did, but he uh, he <laughs> full on just straight up. Hey man, uh, he put you on on notice here. But go ahead, hey, Greg, okay, so it, man. I, I want to go back to the Joe Burrow thing and the Hushmanzada, right? Is uh, so I was kind of thinking similar things, like, oh mm -hmm. man, this is Luke Keekley's retiring. The Panthers could be potentially or are in the midst of we went from a team with some pieces now a team with no identity and this burrow brady thing makes so much sense but you know burrow's from ohio and his dad has already come out and said he would have no problem playing for cincy so yeah, Joe Cincinnati, Joe said that. and and since then the, it's, it's been reported that the bengals have said they are not interested in trading the number one pick but then okay. they they asked the GM and the GM said, Who, "Oh yeah, they haven't me. looked into it yet. They're open to anything." Yeah, yeah this, that's this, this. kind of the normal spiel. We, you know, we, we're open to anything. Our phones open to, but they they have. I mean, look, they know. Like Tony said, Joe Burrow is from Ohio. Uh, I mean, he's already said, "I'll go to whoever's gonna pay," and that that's gonna be the Bengals. Um, yeah. Like I said, and I mean, maybe I'm wrong. But in order, I mean, outside of a deal like Greg was proposing, I mean, it would take an, <laughs> a, a, an astronomical amount to to move up because you have to think you're moving up in front of other teams that also need a quarterback. The Chargers need a quarterback. The Dolphins need a quarterback. So you have to move ahead of them. So, uh, I mean, it's not even like you're moving up to three. I mean, you have to have the number one pick in the draft. And you know, just because it doesn't seem very far from one to seven, I promise you it is. Like yeah, it's lot. astronomically hard to move up. There. Yeah, it's two I mean, I, and I'm pretty picks. sure. Well, it, no, the formula that Maybe I've more. seen with that is four first round picks. I mean, one, there are obviously the one this year, and then three more. That's the formula I've seen. Like wow. that—that's how valuable 
that number one pick is specifically for a QB hungry team that has a QB like Joe or Joe Burrow coming out right. of the of the draft. So I, I don't. I'm just saying like the the odds are so slim. It's not even funny. I mean as as amazing as a uh, a Joe Brady and you know Joe Burrow uh, reunion would be. I don't. I just cannot see a world where it's even in the realm of possible. For this to happen, and the closest that I think we've seen it is Greg's, you know, Greg's scenario, or Joe Burrow holding out, which we know is not going to happen. So, I mean, I, I think right now the biggest thing moving forward is knowing that we're not going to have Joe Burrow as our quarterback. Uh, and if that is the case, what other options are there? Do you take Tua? And the only way I would say Tua comes is if Cam Newton is playing one full year with Tua on the bench. Like, that is the only way it makes sense, in my opinion, for Tua to come to Carolina. And then if you look at all the free agents that were mentioned, outside of Case Keenum, every one of them are going to demand more money than what Cam Newton is going to cost this year. So, I mean, I think we go around in circles a little bit. What would you say? I said, you think so? You think, like, Phillip Rivers is going to, like... I I don't know. I know Tom Brady is, so I don't know any yeah. why anybody. It's gonna else be like be. they're gonna be like I, one I year, know, forty man. million dollars. That's you're what you're gonna, gonna, gonna be. tell me that thirty-one other general managers uh, see Tom Brady and 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 Drew Brees as a guy that you pay more money to right now than Cam Newton. I, I bet just, you John Elway. What I mean, my my point with that is not that that other GMs are gonna see that. It's that our GM is gonna see that. Right? Are we going to be willing to come in and, and let Tom Brady come in and take command of the the team for one year, two year for a rebuild? No, I mean that's not yeah. logical. Right. Um, and and he's you know Tom Brady's already come out and said that he's been embarrassed by his contract. Well, he his sources at his camp said that he's been embarrassed by his contract the last few years, um, which is why he opted out of his uh, final year with uh, the Patriots. Um, but nonetheless, you know I think that there's so many. Uh, so many moving parts, obviously, but I think that when you look at the 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 reality of free agency with the quarterback market and the fact that the draft isn't really going to produce, in my opinion, the next you know immediate starter, I think this draft has to be about building the trenches. You know, it has to be there. You know, right there at the beginning, there we're linebacker focused with Isaiah Simmons, but. Uh, you know, it has to be that, right? There is no other option because if you do quarterback, well, you're getting a quarterback to come in with no, you know, with no help on our defense or on our offensive line. A lot of people were talking about developing. I said the the difference between the Cowboys, Indy, and the Carolina Panthers is the Cowboys and Indy has valued offensive linemen early in the draft where we have not. You know, that's the difference between a great offensive line like you see at Dallas and, and Indy, you know, with Quentin Nelson and all that, you know, you see these people valuing these high draft pick uh, for an offensive line because that is protecting the most valuable asset you have on the field, and that is your quarterback. Tra- uh, Travis Armstrong said the Rams traded from eight to one in 2016 for Jared Goff, and I looked it up on NFL Network, and it's even. I mean, maybe there were some other things that went on as well to make the eight to one number right but it says the rams previously selecting at number 15 are one of the lowest picking team in nfl history to trade up to the number one spot they only gave a first overall pick they traded their first a fourth and a six who did they trade it to who was it that was first the the rams traded it to the titans 
the Titans traded away the number one draft pick. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, the Browns so the they, pick. So that was and that was the year that they picked you said who? They got Jared, Jared, Jared Goff. So they already had uh they already had their quarterback. Yeah, that's that that's the reason why it's different though. The the Tennessee Titans at the time they, they felt Mariota was their quarterback. So they mm-hmm. literally they had no reason to I mean, you know, they could take a lesser deal to move out. The Bengals need a quarterback. They're going to move on from Andy Dalton. Right. So you're going you're it, it's it's going to have to be way sweeter than, than that deal right there. God of blackness, shout out to you, chat room on tip. Uh God of Blackness said, "Why Joe Burrow look like a ninja on steroids?" I actually think like he looks like um, he could be in Twilight, like he's in Twilight on steroids, <laughs> with that nose yeah. and those pointy features. Awesome. Yeah, put everyone, a little sparkle everyone, on him. Everyone <laughs> says he looks like an older, more buff Macaulay Culkin. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I did hear that. <laughs> I can see that for sure. All right, let's. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts on that, guys, before we move on? We didn't really touch um, much on uh, Well, you had asked about oh. the, the conference. I don't think anybody else really got a chance to respond to Joe Brady's you know, press conference. Oh, Joe Brady and uh, Joe Brady and Snow. You know, one of the things I was looking at, both of what these coordinators said, and I got to say, I like these are the words that we've wanted to hear from people. And I think this is where the optimism comes from a Joe Brady and a Phil Snow and a Matt Rule is that they've been asked about their systems, about how they're going to do all these things. And each and every single one of them just says, we look to put like what we got and what we can do with it. You know, and as you watched what Andy Reid and and um, Kyle Shanahan have done, is I think with their play calling, I don't think it's their play calling that all of a sudden is just only genius. While it is, those guys are masterful in how they're punching and they continue relentlessly. Andy Reid just slams you over and over. He just keeps hitting you and hitting you, hitting that defense until they just break. But what I, I think beyond their play calling is this, is they know how to hit them with with what their guys do best. And that's what Joe Brady kind of harped on, and it seems like Phil Snow's kind of coming from that camp as well, is like, all right, well, this guy can't run every route in the route tree, so let's jet sweep him on this play. Now let's bring in this formation and smash him with this. And I think that's where the optimism resides for me. I am concerned... Joe Brady, limited experience, limited, limited experience. He is so young, man, 30 years old, the youngest play caller in the NFL. It's going to be a giant task for him, a lot of responsibility coming on this young man. A ton. Uh, I mean, the dude's my age. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's living the dream, man. The 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 um, The possibilities are are endless for him to be in the NFL this young at this age in an organization that is, like I said earlier, they're committed to a championship rebuild. You are not going to see a change in this coaching staff next year. If, if you know, I mean, unless the wheels absolutely fell off and some crazy shit happened, um, we're not going to be the Browns and one and done 
all these coaches that we just hired. With uh, David Tepper, it's giving them the opportunity to build something here in Carolina, and he's committed to that. And David Tepper even said so himself that he had a bridge to sell you somewhere if you thought that we were going to turn this around and be a Super Bowl <laughs> team in one year. Which, by the way, the San Francisco 49ers were 4-12 and uh, last year, and now they're in the Super Bowl. So well, their anything, quarterback anything also was out with an ACL injury, so they would have been yeah. nine and seven. But but let me ask yeah. you this, Tony: What has Garoppolo done this year? He hasn't lost. Yeah, he's managed exactly. But no. that's well, what I mean. You know, I mean, but they like this, they don't need a franchise quarterback. They just need somebody. They need who can run somebody. The yeah, but they've also been so dynamic in different ways too. Is that they added Emmanuel Sanders halfway through the year? That's been crazy. Mm-hmm. They found a third running back that makes Tevin Coleman look slow. They got like all of these, and then they're and really. I tell you this is, and let's talk about this before we move on. Let's talk about these final, the Super Bowl matchup. What you guys saw this past week, because I've watched the Kansas City Chiefs the last two weeks, and I say, you know what, is that that offense is just simply unstoppable. It yeah. is yeah. unstoppable. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is, what the situation is, what the run, the weather is, nothing. Is that they are about to beat that ass. And even when they're not beating that ass, you know that ass beating's coming. It's almost like you got in your one or two punches against your dad while he won't look in, and then all of a sudden he about to whip your damn ass. That's what their offense does. It's crazy. It's Andy Reid. It's more than Andy Reid. It's Patrick Mahomes being phenomenal. But, guys, that San Francisco defense, Mo, that is a mean, mean, mean fucking defense. It is what the... Kansas City offense is it's just on the defensive side of the ball what a Super Bowl I think we got the two best teams yeah man I think you couldn't have asked for a better you know just completely two opposite teams completely two opposite teams and and listen I don't know if I speak for myself here but dude ever since the Panthers went to the Super Bowl every year after I could not give less of a shit about the Super Bowl. I just wasn't interested in the Eagles and the Patriots or the Rams and the Patriots. Definitely not the Falcons and the Patriots. That was a lose-lose no matter what. This is the first year where I'm actually excited about the Super Bowl. I agree. That offense for Kansas, dude, it's like a bomb. Once it goes off, there's no putting it back together, man. You might be able to get up on them a little bit, but, dude, I mean, as we saw against the Texans, if they're down – 24 to nothing they don't flinch they know that they're going to be able to move the ball and put points on the board they know they can score from anywhere on the field uh chris jones their defensive lineman and that's another thing their defense doesn't get enough credit that kansas city defense is playing way better than they have been before uh, yeah, dude, after that... week eight, you know, the first eight weeks, the defense had a lot of question marks, but they have rounded yeah. out to like, I would say like about a top, like in the close to the top 10 in defense. Yeah. They're, they're uh, playing playoff defense for sure. Yeah. For sure. And and how about yeah. this, man? And listen, I don't know if you guys would agree with me or not. I mean, I'm not a historian. Everyone knows that. I can't talk about the 85 Bears and all these other legendary defenses. But in my time watching football, 
there have been three defenses that that stood out to me in a very different way. That 2013 Seattle Seahawks with the Legion of Boom, uh, the 2015 Denver Broncos that we know all too well. And, dude, I'll be damned if this 49ers isn't every bit as good as, as either of them. This pass rush for San Francisco is a murderer's row. They are vicious, and they're coming to beat your ass, man. And, yeah. dude, uh, they, I mean, in my mind, that's the only way they're going to be able to stop Kansas City's offense. You have to mm-hmm. get after Patrick Mahomes, and they're built to do it um, Well, unlike any other team. So, I don't know, man. I'm not predicting yet, but I'm, I'm pumped for uh, for this Super Bowl. I think the Panthers yeah, 2013 defense is in my mind among those teams. I can give yeah, you that. For sure. I think they're up there. Yeah. Well, yeah. the thing about this San Fran defense, man, I think they have four or five first rounders on their defensive line, and I think the the rotational guy is the third is a number three overall pick. So I mean, yeah. uh, they've Solomon, been getting they first, have yeah. they've been drafting yeah. defensive in linemen for insane. decades now, like a decade yeah. now. Well, they and they brought in what Dallas did with offense. Yeah, yeah. Well, they brought deep in, deep, yeah. the guy who lost the game for uh, for Kansas City last year. So I mean, yeah, poor guy, season. man. God. Maybe good, but he Justin. he did lose that game for them. Period, hands down, no doubt. No, I, you don't you don't I, line I up you don't line was, up off sides. I think yeah, that was over. wasn't yeah. it Justin Houston that, that yeah did I'm it? pretty sure that was Justin Houston. Yes. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. I thought yeah he went to the Colts because he left. Yeah, he left and went to the Colts. No, because uh, Dave D- D- Ford, Dave D- Ford was with the 49ers uh, before, wasn't he? Yeah, I believe uh, he was with he was the, with the uh, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, man. No, he is now. No, but D- he was, Ford he is with the uh, 49ers now, right? Yeah. Yeah, for, for, 49ers. But, all uh, right, so he was with the Chiefs. He came from the Chiefs, yeah. Yeah, because I remember we did him in our uh, uh, potential free agent pick. We, yeah. we previewed him coming to the Panthers. Well, I, I think the only way – well, excuse me, not the only way. There's a number of ways. But I think the that if you're the Chiefs and you can stop San Fran's run in this uh, rushing attack in this game, you win the game. I think I think hands down because I think that you have a team that's probably, probably the number – top three in passing. You have a team that's probably top three in rushing. So, so some of the top rushing and passing teams – uh, but the defense is where it lacks for Kansas City. They, they're not as good of a rushing defense, even though they've been playing better lately. Uh, they but stopped a, Derrick Henry, right? Attack. I think, I think they, you're right. They, they did. But I think that it, I think if they sell out to stop the run, Kittle's in store for a monster game. Yeah, oh, yeah. Emmanuel well, Sanders, Garoppolo's put up. He put up points against the Saints. You know, so it's not like he's in, in cap, incompetent and incapable Right. I think this is that I think Patrick Mahomes is really why that offense is so great. I don't I mean, yes. Tyreek Hill's awesome. There's all these other players mm-hmm. that do some awesome things. But and Andy Reid does some great things as well. But Patrick Mahomes just plays sensational at every moment. Even his throwaways. Did you see that one pass he threw away? It was, it was almost like, the catch in the back corner. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was yeah. just yeah, it was insane. So I do think that that's magical. 
But yeah. I don't know if that matters when you've got seven horses coming after you. You know, with you know San what this Francisco. game plays well to. You know what what is in what, and it just depends upon how well the the San Francisco 49ers game plan. But I feel like this pass rush literally plays perfectly into what Kansas City does so well. And Suck what I mean you in, is dump the screen, and then they take screen it. passes all day jet long. sweep that is motion what, motion motion yeah that is what the that is that's one of the things like last year when everybody was all you know ready to crown patrick mahomes as the best i'm thinking he's good but when you look at those plays a 90 percent it's it's an exaggeration here so i don't know the exact number but so many of his yards were just after you after the catch so much more than any other player in the nfl and so what that told yeah. me is it wasn't necessarily Mahomes was doing something crazy. It's that he had playmakers who were able to do things after they got the ball in their hands. So uh, granted, I'm not taking any – Patrick Mahomes is good, and he's better than I thought he was last he's year. He's dealing Wait. dimes. Like it's not kids running after the catch, though, even. It's all of it. It's all of the it, above. It, it, it is running after the catch, but he does have a great deep ball. Man, yeah. he he can chuck it. And, he and, has and, a bazooka. Yeah, yeah he, he can do bazooka, whatever. Man. He can Real do whatever. Good. He can run. Hey. He can throw on the run. He can throw off balance. Mm-hmm. He can mm-hmm. read defenses. He can uh, make incredible throws. He looks super cool and composed no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm ready but to say this. Did, if he wins what? this Super Bowl right here, all he's of a sudden, legend. right? Yeah, he's like already catapulted into... He, he, in my opinion, he'll be insufferable. <laughs> it's, uh, he, might already, he might already be insufferable. But listen, I, I do want to number one jersey sales. I, yeah, I know, which is crazy. It's just he's throwing Tom mm-hmm. Brady for the yeah. first time in forever. Uh, but no, I, I want to make it a point to reiterate that both of these things are true. Like I said earlier, I I, I cannot name another scenario where a quarterback that talented went to a roster that loaded with a yeah, head coach, coach. <laughs> yeah. that, that good. Brilliant. You're, you're, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah, yeah. God, let's, let's, let's make it clear here. Every one of those things are elite level. Patrick Do you know Mahomes how good is it is? Level Do you know how good it is? We can quantify how good it is, actually. And they, they had Kareem Hunt. I can quantify Remember, it here for you right yeah. now. The Kansas City Chiefs have not been to the Super Bowl in 50 years. That's how good it is. It got them to Ooh. the Super Bowl. In 50- and and how, well, how about this? The AFC Championship game, and then the very next year, the Super Bowl. Yeah. In yeah. two years. That's how good two it years. is. Yeah. yeah. AFC Championship twice. And, I mean, to, to Andy Reid's, and this is where I was saying, like, he, you know, Patrick Mahomes benefited from, uh, from a very, very stacked offense i mean just a team that had already basically rebuilt the entire team before he got there so he was primed for success before that they made the playoffs pretty much if i'm not mistaken it was like every year for like five years in a row with alex smith like it was these guys aren't you're not looking at a team that was in shambles it's just they could never get to that next level they could get to the playoffs they just couldn't win and they just needed a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes who could come in with confidence and run the offense. The thing I will say that I just dislike about Patrick Mahomes 
is he, with his body language, his will throw every person on his team <laughs> under the bus, and he doesn't give a crap. Like, every time that somebody makes a mistake, he makes sure the camera sees him say, that's his fault, that's his fault, come on, man, that's your fault, instead of letting him come back to the huddle and be like, hey, man, this is what I wanted you to do, you're supposed to do it this way. Everybody on TV has to know that that wasn't his fault. And yeah. that, you know, and I'm I'm trying to avoid doing what... See, I haven't seen Newton. that. I'm going to look for that more okay. because I haven't seen it. But I also oh, God, don't yeah. it, And I listened to Pat McAfee, and they had a guy on who was talking about <clears throat> body language, uh, you know, and talking about how after a play, you can see the other teammates' body language, and you're supposed to keep this stuff under wraps so that you're not sitting there, you know, hurting the confidence of another player. And, you know, it basically... Well, the greatest players haven't done that, though. Tom Brady yeah. hasn't done that. Aaron Rodgers didn't do that. I would even say that Peyton Manning didn't even do that. What, keep it under wraps? Yeah, I felt like they were all... I mean, I don't know. I mean, they didn't sulk. They don't sulk, necessarily. But, you know, when Tom, Tom Brady, if you don't do... If, if he gives you a pass and you don't catch it, it's on the money... He that motherfucker won't throw to you for like two weeks. If you're one of the greatest, chances are you're an insufferable asshole. Yeah, look, like oh, that's yeah, just how Fair it enough. is because you you are the you're the standard, and everyone has to play and live up to the standard that you set. I, I can't imagine being in the final years of Peyton Manning's career and listen to that guy critique every single thing that you oh, do. Yeah. Yeah, I, heard, I, I heard, yeah, I heard it was difficult to to sit there and watch film with them and. Things because of uh, how how everything just ba- basically what you're talking about. I'm yeah. telling you, the the moment that Patrick Mahomes gets his money, which is going to happen, I feel like this offseason, it cannot oh, wait. Sure. It cannot wait until his uh, fourth full year in his contract. It yeah. cannot possibly wait. There's no way in 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 you know heck that they actually wait that long. And but if you're Patrick, you just, you just say I don't play until you pay me. Yeah, I mean, and ha- what are they gonna do? Yeah, I mean, pay yeah. what are they gonna do? I mean, he's basically put you guys over. And the they should. If he wins the they Super should. Bowl. Yeah. I mean, there's oh, no if he wins this, if he wins this Super Bowl, people wanted to, you know, and I could be wrong, and I may be eating my words, but people wanted to make fun of Cam Newton for how he handled himself. I feel like Patrick Mahomes is about to be uh, Cam Newton times ten. Um. Possibly. Ten Tizzy with said, like the, oh, Ten Tizzy said this, Peyton Manning made a player go sit down. And he said, go look up the Pat McAfee story about it. I was dying. Yeah. He made him go, yeah. sit, go sit over there in the corner and think about what you've done. <laughs> yeah. I, so, you know, when I look at the matchup, I'm, I'm picking the 49ers to win this sucker. Yeah, me too. And are we picking tonight, or are we going to do it closer to the game? We, we can we do it next week. Oh, we'll yeah, do it both ways, for like time, initial yeah. feelings. But I, I've been – I've just kind of been on the San Francisco train. Like, I just think, all right, those guys are killing it, killing it. They remind, me, I, they remind me too much about, like, like, the Seattle defense with Mar- Marshawn Lynch as a great running back. Basically, Russell Wilson was doing good, but he was – he didn't need to be incredible to win that for right. back in 2013. And the then thing, Peyton Manning not being great, you know, in our, his 2015, their defense was incredible. They had an okay run game, but that, that defense was everything. And we had one of the most dynamic offenses with Cam Newton, and they shut us down, right? They yeah. shut us down, and 
So this is what the type of for, this is the type of defense the 49ers have. Here's and the so wild think, card though with the with the San Francisco 49ers and where I don't even think where I think that they're better than both teams in that comparison in some ways is that Kyle Shanahan is doing just as masterful things on his end too. Like what that offense has is is way better. We're sitting here going, "Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo is just managing this and that." They're they're no slubs on offense, so they're not a one sided team. And I no. think that that's what's going to keep them from getting really KC'd entirely. Well, wanna, but I, KC can, can I, KC can anybody. I, can I make the argument that Kyle Shanahan's offense this year is far more impressive than Andy Reid's? Because Ooh, look at it this way. It. So look at it this way, Deb. Who would you rather have, Jimmy Garoppolo or Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes. Okay, who would you rather have, the receivers for the Niners or the Chiefs? Chiefs. Okay, yeah. whose offensive line? You know, whose offensive line? Well, they they both have really good offensive. Yeah, line. I, yeah I think that. Uh, oh, the point. The point being is this: uh, Mostert, Raheem Mostert, or whatever his name is, had, uh, broke like a record for rushing yards. And, and he was on down. seven. He yeah, was cut and, by and, seven teams. Right. So that amount of turnaround and the amount of talent that you don't have in comparison to other football teams. And your offense is just able to to just keep on rolling no matter who it is. I mean, that's a testament to Kyle Shanahan and how he has that that offense rolling, man. And I remember everyone wanted to push back on me after they rolled us. And I'm like, dude, Kyle Shanahan is the shit. And it's been confirmed, man. Shanahan Throw, did, did the shit. Throwback Tuesday. That's coaching. I think it's gonna be prob. I think it's gonna be yeah. difficult for Kansas City to be as comfortable as we're accustomed to seeing. Like Bill Daltrey says, is Bosa gonna break Mahomes? I watched Bo- Bosa and those boys come off the line so quick against that Tennessee game. Yeah. Those those schmucks had no chance, and I'm pretty sure like every play was a false start by the tackle. And the refs just were like, we can't call it every time. Because Bosa was coming. I mean, he was already in the dude's back pocket by the times coming out of his stance. It looked like some of the things we've seen former Panther tackles do where they're trying to anticipate getting beat. That yeah. guy is nasty, yo. Yeah. They- hey. Can, can I say real quick while we're talking about this and you're talking about uh, Shanahan and his offense and how you think it's more impressive? I do want I, I want to support you with that, and I want to talk about the way they played last week. Like, do you realize they played the the the, the Packers, who me and CK believe the NFL had deemed to make it to the Super Bowl this year, which we can talk think, about later. But I, I but, still think they did. I think that the they just played so bad that the refs couldn't do much about it. You can only do so much, exactly. But yeah. I, I do want to point out that that Jimmy Garoppolo passed the ball eight times. I thought it was seven. No, he was six of eight. Six of eight for 77 yards. Eight times. That's Pop Warner football. That's that's exactly okay. what they did with... Uh, that's with Pop Warner football. Tana. They had... Mostard had 29 carries. Uh, Debo had two... Debo Samuel had two. Trevor Cope six. Uh, Breida had one. Garoppolo had four. So that's 29. That's 31, 37, 38, uh, 42. 42 rushes and eight, pa- eight passes. Okay. That's back. The game was over in the first quarter. Football. Exactly. 
that's what kind of offense Shanahan's doing. So whenever I look yeah. at it like that, I've got to agree with Cody. I could say that Shanahan's had a better offense than Andy Reid this year because yeah, they don't, they he has don't have not to adjust. the weapons. Yeah, they they start out hot and they keep it going yeah. for real. Like like yeah. he wins however he needs to win, and that's insane. Six of eight, seventy-seven yards in the Super Bowl. Cody, a lot of questions <laughs> like, flying in for you on the chat in the chat room right now. Uh, is there a potential Bosa for us in the draft? I say the answer is no because Chase Young is going to the Redskins probably at number two, and he there is, are... from what you've told me, better than even Nick Bosa. Oh, he's the best def- defensive end prospect that I've ever seen coming out. Like of better than Clowney? Better, way better than. But he doesn't have Clowney had nowhere near the bend. I mean, you're talking about six foot six, two hundred and eighty pounds, and can bend like Brian Burns, but way stronger. I mean, Chase Young is on another level. Um, but uh, to answer that, yeah, dude, uh, there's a ton of great defensive line players coming out in this draft. So if you're talking about edge. Uh, AJ Epinesa, the defensive end out of Iowa, is someone to look at. Doesn't have quite the bend, might not be as athletic, but he's a destroyer. Um, and then uh, the two defensive tackles that everyone's talking about is Derek Brown from Auburn, who is just a fucking King Kong, dude. The guy is ridiculously strong, an interior pocket destroyer. And another guy, uh, so the senior bowl, is uh, going on this week, and they're doing the practices, and they're showing the uh, the one-on-one offensive line versus the defensive line reps. Um, and there's a guy that everyone knew about going into this, but he's just confirming it more and more. The defensive tackle from South Carolina, his name is Javon Kenlaw, and he's another Chris Jones. Long, long arms, powerful. It's just a, a violent... Uh, defensive tackle with his hands, tons of pressures. I mean, they're comparing him to Chris Jones for the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you guys have seen him, he's he's a madman, just incredible. So interesting yeah, they bring are. his name up because God of Blackness said, "Cody, we should talk about Chris Jones' contract expires soon." Yeah, or draft a younger version <laughs> of uh, of Chris Jones who played the. Uh, played at South Carolina. I won't hold that against him. But, um, yeah, man, uh, uh, Chris Jones, uh, and that's another one. And me and T. Mario were talking about it. Um, on the, <laughs> He said that Cody's on drugs today. I wouldn't trust his answer on anything. Hey, you know, <laughs> I've been known to dabble, but uh, that's another podcast. <laughs> Brad, Dugan, <laughs> Brad Dugan said Mahomes is going to need State Farm insurance claim after Bosa gets done with him. But no, but well, so Chris Jones, so there's a few players. They're not going to be able to pay everyone, but the Chiefs are going to pay Patrick Mahomes, and Patrick has all the leverage in the world, and Jones is every bit the type of defensive prospect that you have to have on your football team. I mean, um, they're able to run the football uh, on the Chiefs uh, much easier when Chris Jones isn't around. So, yeah, those are two dudes that are probably going to be on the Chiefs for a very long time. All right, I think we actually have two more calls to get through, or one. Number's 252-228-5098. You can call in for next week's show. Let's see what you guys got left to say. What's up, man? This is C-Money. 
like, I just got to ask a question. Like, all y'all, did y'all decide to, like, have a podcast-wide, like, smoke? Like, did y'all, y'all smoke weed? Y'all did crack? Like, the stuff y'all talking about just don't make any kind of sense right now, man. <laughs> like, first of all, if it's somebody that believes in Cam and they're going to make him a franchise quarterback and this and the other, you trade a first for a franchise quarterback. You're not trading no seconds. You're not trading no thirds, no nothing else. Second of all, why y'all acting like y'all forget who what our GM is? If we're trading for seconds and thirds and this and the other, who knows with Marty Herney if them guys are going to work out. We know Marty Herney is a first-round pick kind of dude. Like, it really doesn't yeah. make no sense. We're talking about three-team trades, like just the NBA. When's the last time you've seen a three-team trade in football? Never. I, I said it was um, a fantasy talking football. about... Uh, <laughs> what else? That's how they call it, straight facts. It didn't make no sense. Um, like, the teams y'all talking about, the Chargers is the only team that could work if you're trading them for their first-round pick. Mm-hmm. The yeah. Patriots, if they Point even Cody. have a first-round pick, you never know with them. Yes, you could trade it for them. Other than that, not the Bears, not no other teams that nobody be talking about. The Bears don't really have any picks because they traded them all away to get Khalil Mack. Like, it just doesn't That's make true. any kind of sense what I've been hearing. Uh, yeah. I think – a lot of us would yeah. be. Yeah. And, and just yeah. signing uh, Drew Brees or Brady or all of them for a year, like, what would be the point of doing that? You would be better yeah. off if you're going to go in a true oh, rebuild to just tank that. and get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields next year, which yeah. I know Cody probably wants to do to get Trevor Lawrence. No thank you for Sunshine. If anything, draft a new cam, <laughs> Justin Fields. I'm out of that's team money. Whoa, okay. So how did you about that come with all the smoke at the very last second before the call drops off? First what off, I, listen, I do think that it's possible that there would be a team willing to trade a first-round pick for Cam Newton. Okay. I really do think so. Y'all might disagree with me, but I really do think so. And I, I kind of, if I'm a betting man, I think that would happen. Do and you know I of think- one? Can you think of the Chargers trade? They you would only move up two spots. No, one spot. So they're at they're at six. We're at seven. You wouldn't want to have two top ten picks. What if that? I think you would have to give them your seven. Yeah, I was about to say we would end up. I think you would have to give them your seven. You don't think you could give them a next year's pick or like maybe like a three and four this year and a. Why would we give Two, them three next Cam year? Newton and then give them our first round pick in return? To move up one spot, yeah. No, yeah, I, mean, I don't, don't think it's a good idea. Stuff. I don't think it's a good idea. That's why. But I don't think that they're gonna say. I mean, what you were? Were you gonna take Cam in a second and then move and still have to flip flop? No, I'm saying if you're the Chargers and you want Cam Newton, then you're gonna have to pony up. That I mean, you're not. You don't have to move to number six. You stay at number seven, and then, hey, if you want Cam Newton, fine. You can have him for a first. Do do a, a good deal for them. A first-round pick this year and, like, a fifth or sixth or something stupid like that just to sweeten the deal. Well, a first this year does us no good because that, that gives them the number seven. No, but what, I'm not saying that we would give up the seventh pick. Why would we give them the seventh pick? If we're so you think them? they would give us the sixth? Year, though. But Did they you? would give you a six overall for Cam Newton. I don't believe that. 
I mean, I think you, and I hate to say, it, I think Cam is worth it more, but I think you have the same two issue, except for he's older, and and that is you, other teams are not you know sure of his health, right? So I think it's possible to get a first rounder, but I think it's not going to be any higher than a sixteen. Brad like, I think Dugan says, "What about round. the Raiders?" I yeah, and this is the Raiders and the and the Patriots. Or Raiders. Least Tom Bra- Raiders and Tom Brady. The me. Raiders, the Patriots, uh, the Chargers. And listen, Tim Money said what I said earlier. Uh, you know, with a new stadium, they need a recognizable player. So, yes. uh, you know, I, I mean, they're going into a brand new stadium. They want to be relevant in Los Angeles, and they're not right now. So- Dude, the Dolphins aren't getting to uh, – the Chargers aren't getting to uh, – he's going to be a – two is going to be a Detroit Lion. No way. No, Detroit. No, Detroit is talking about actually being in the market because of Stafford. Really? Is actually, a question yeah. mark right now. Okay. Okay. Yeah, there, his his injury was more serious than I think people realize because I mean you're talking about hip and back injuries, man. It's not those are lingering issues that can very well, especially at his age, can can derail a career uh, of, of most any athlete. Obviously, quarterbacks. Uh, are important when you're talking about throwing motion with the hips in the back. There is but. one way the Panthers could potentially get to, uh, and that is if somehow the Detroit Lions do not pick a quarterback, and then you get on the phone, you trade with back to you get you say you could do that um, Cam to Las Vegas, and you get there maybe 19, and you package the 19th pick. And the seventh pick, and you move up to where the Giants pick at four. That mm, yeah, is so the they, only yeah, way it's going to happen. Yeah, you're right. They have the guy they think is their quarterback. Yeah, so. the Giants the, are, in a, are in a good position to move down. It's really about the Lions. The Lions are getting the second best quarterback this year. Well, I don't know, man. I, I mean, this is so. Again, they're kind of in a situation where the health of their quarterback matters also. And also, you brought up Tua Tagovailoa. Him and Tua Tagovailoa and Cam Newton are really in such a similar position because they're waiting until they can give football teams a clean bill of health sometime in March or April. And it's the same thing for both of them. And uh, teams are waiting to hear that Tua's healthy. Teams are waiting to hear that Cam Newton's healthy. Um, but even so, if you drafted Tua, you didn't have to force him to play right away. You could still go on with your plan of like, all right, we're going to do this rebuild the right way. And you could trot Greer out there for a while until Tua's ready. I, I'm happy that you mentioned that. Why so, would you sit Tua behind Greer, though? Because he's not well, ready yeah. yet. Well, if it, Yeah, if his health wasn't. Where it needed okay. to be. Hell, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, so think of it this way. I mean, okay, we just talked about San Francisco and the um, the uh, the Forty Niners and how great their offense has been this year. Basically, just because their play caller knows what the hell he's doing and knows how to how to game plan. Have we written off the fact that Will Greer starts for us another year, and you know maybe he ends up. Uh, being uh, another Jimmy Garoppolo type of player, or maybe the Panthers bet. Yeah, on nobody that believes that ha- is year. happening. Well, I mean, no. Do you I, believe I mean, that's I, I, Are you that person? 
I, I'm not. I mean, it's not what I want to happen, but I'm not going to be a hypocrite to my own rule. I never say that you would judge a quarterback based off of their first year in the NFL, because there have been some damn good quarterbacks that played some terrible football their first year in the NFL. Peyton Manning. Yeah. Now, am I betting that Will Greer turns it on and becomes our franchise quarterback? No, dude. No. Not, not I mean, at you all. You saw him, dude. You saw him. Do you think he even has the ability to be it? In the best case scenario, I, also I don't know. Him at, I also I saw him the- at, at, at West Virginia in a spread offense, which is what we're basically going to have. And the oh, dude yes, yes. was throwing touchdowns all the time. So yeah, we talk about this being a quarterback friendly, you know, yeah. offense with Joe right. uh, Brady. I think uh, I think that we have a situation where <laughs> Will Greer starts another year and may thrive, and that may be something that they look at. Uh, with this whole, you know, maybe not drafting a quarterback and not actually going after one in free agency. Um, the question about the problem that I see about Tua starting behind, uh, you know, Will Greer, if we ended up making a move for Tua, is he he'd have to end up being a backup, right? And if well, we really, it's not, it's not for certain because yeah. his health might end up being okay, but it's possible but, that he might need some more time. Yeah, but even if let's say you do want to give him more time, like let's say he's got a clean bill of health, he's fine, but you want to give him a full year of no contact in that respect to try to get better, right? To make sure that when he is ready to start, he is ready to start. Period. Well, if Greer goes down and he's a backup, well, he's out there anyway, right? Yeah. So, and then you're you're almost putting him in a similar situation to where Kyle Allen was, which I'm not saying Kyle Allen was expected to be you know, anywhere you know, to the same level too would be expected to be. But you have a situation where he's coming in with not having first, you know, team reps. He's being judged based on his first game as a starter because of the situation he's been thrown into. And he doesn't have the ability to actually uh, he, he's he's thrown into a situation where he has it's a win it's a lose lose situation for him. So that but would be my issue. We don't think two is that player. We think two is had he not been hurt is still or you know you're still thinking there's a potential he could out burrow joe burrow you know go number two, one two could have put up burrow numbers had he played the second half and not gotten injured he could have so i don't numbers. think the burrow at one decision would be so etched in stone had to have been healthy but for I, me you know what is this is this is what team money 1993 says he said that he's heard that the lions are talking about Okadu, Okadu, Jeffrey Okuda, Okuda. I'm gonna call him Okadu, 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 because uh, of the Slay contract situation. So I do believe this is that. Now, do you think Gettleman would hold saltiness against the Carolina Panthers and refuse to deal with us, but deal with the Chargers? Maybe not, because he was fired by. Jerry Richardson, so maybe it might not. I, I could see a situation where he holds him, holds him. Maybe is a little salty, as as you said, but uh, I think that uh, that's a good question, man. I don't I, know if he holds it against the organization or against Jerry Richardson. I do just want to point out that Dave Gettleman has never traded down in his history of being a general manager. Not I'm one time for everything. Oh no, he I, has I, traded up. Didn't he trade up to get Daniel Jones? Traded up for uh, 
no, uh, no, he was. He was no, they had that. In, yeah, they had that pick. Yeah, they were. Yeah, they had that pick. They were. Hey. There, they were number seven. Guys, can I shift gears for a second? Because I want to. I want to look at this this future of the Panthers franchise in kind of a different light. Because I think that that's the way Depper, De, uh, Dave Tepper's doing it. Um, and I think that based on his history, you know, with hedge funds and and you know uh, taking chances, I think he's kind of an analytics guy, which is just a fancy way of saying trends. Um, so check this out. Listen to these ten teams. Tampa Bay, Dallas, Atlanta, Kansas City, the Rams, the Chargers, uh, the Saints, uh, the Raiders, the Patriots, and Detroit. What do you think that is? All teams that I don't want to be except for the Chiefs. (laughs) Okay. That's the top ten passing teams this year in the NFL, okay? And Mm -hmm. of those teams, Kansas City and New Orleans are the – and New England, excuse me. So three of the top ten teams made the playoffs, Okay. So now I'm looking at the rushing teams. Listen to this. Baltimore, San Francisco, Tennessee, Seattle, Dallas, Minnesota, Indy, uh, Buffalo, Houston, Arizona. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's seven of the ten teams. So seven of the top ten rushing teams made the playoffs this year and were strong contenders and three of the top ten passing teams. I think that even though the league has changed to a more passing league, that makes defensive players more prone to protect passing attacks. And I think the league is going to change. It goes through regimes or kind of cycles, you know, and I think that we're going into a cycle where a stronger rushing attack is going to be a better, um, a better, a better play to go with rather than a stronger passing attack. So you don't need as strong of a quarterback. However, I think the, the, the running game has changed. I think it's more of a hybrid running back now is the better way to go. But, I mean, just based on looking at these two te- these two stats right here of teams that made playoffs and that, that didn't, do you think maybe he's going with the, the, the mindset of we don't need a franchise quarterback right now? And, like Cody said, maybe stick with, uh, you know, Will Greer or, or even Cam Newton because they may not feel like he's a, you know, top 10 franchise quarterback in the future, which you could t- turn out to be. Um, yeah. Like I said, look at the stats. It kind of backs up what Cody says. I'm. I don't up buy any of this. I don't buy it. What I don't, don't buy, buy is this: is I don't buy that. I think it's overdone. The idea that having a franchise quarterback is like not necessary. And I think, okay. and what I mean by that is, I don't say you're saying it's not necessary, but also when everybody keeps saying, "Oh, all these teams build around a quarterback on their rookie deal," all these teams, not really. Not really at all. Patrick Mahomes, sensation. And um, really, Lamar Jackson did what Cam did. You know what I'm saying? Those are franchise quarterbacks. So, no, they just happen to get guys that are fucking amazing. And so I think this is you could also look at all those other teams. Look, what is what do the Patriots, the Saints, and the Packers all have in common? The it was Legend, the legendary quarterback. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you that, but but then I can also look at it and say, well, look at the Bears went twelve and four last year with Trubisky. Uh, oh, Josh God. Allen. What they do this year? Josh Allen went twelve and four this year with Buffalo. Listen, here's the deal. But that's what I'm saying is you can I have say, that in fuck a year, that man. Shit, like, man. Give me see, the just because you have a good year doesn't a year or two doesn't mean you're a franchise so quarterback. I I would much prefer 
to have a franchise quarterback, but Greg's 100% right. Teams have proven that you do not have to have the best quarterback on the field to be the best football team on the field. You have to have the best rest of the team, though, like top to bottom. Like, you can't have any holes. If your quarterback is average or below, like, just average, you can't have any holes. Your offensive line's got to be a fucking beast. Your run game's got to be unstoppable. Your defense has got to eat like crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And so That's that is so improper. No won a Super Bowl. Well, you huh? can go back to the other, the Ravens in what, 2000 or whatever that was. Yeah, but you can give me all these other ones. But I could also give you all of these teams that won it with fucking great quarterbacks. Oh, and yeah. I'm oh, yeah. telling you this That's, is that yeah. I don't want to live in a land of no quarterback ever again. Mm-hmm. So is that I would be okay the only way I'm interested in moving on from Cam this year is if your ass thinks that you got the next fucking best thing. Other you. than that, like, we're... It's got to be Cam. So you want you want Cam, the next answer, or nothing else. You don't want Real right. Greer, basically. You don't, don't want Real Greer, yeah, you don't, don't want Kyle out. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I get that. I respect that. Yeah. I just, I think it's, it's, it's too much of a gamble to let Cam walk uh, without... Uh, at least entertaining the idea of keeping him uh, for but this he, last year. He can't but... walk, though. He can't. He's under contract. Actually, now. did you uh, see a picture? Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. It also looked like a fashion I think he meant, uh, yeah. think he meant from the contract. He can't walk from the contract. Oh. He can't walk from the contract. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he can't walk. What are you telling me, Cam? You can't walk. I saw him walking yesterday. <laughs> that was that was but, like your cheesy uh, comment on my podcast. I took it uh, way too literally. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I took it way too literally. Um, uh, here, let's yeah. go on. We got a couple more calls. Let's power through them. As we continue to talk this out. Hey there, guys. Josh from Math. Josh, what's up? Gone by and another round of assistant coaches and coordinators officially coming on and being hired. A lot of faces and uh, names that kind of uh, kind of scattered in terms of, of people that have been heard of or not heard of or or, you know, have had time in the league, haven't had time in the league. They spent a bunch of time doing college stuff and only a little time in the NFL or, or vice versa, what have you. Um, kind of my takeaway from this is that Coach Rule is putting the people around him that he feels give him the best opportunity to have to worry about specific things and not have to worry about micromanaging the rest of the team. At least that's how I view it. But he also, I also feel like he's bringing in people that have mentored him or he has mentored. And to some degree, I think it's his opportunity with, you know, the big bucks that Mr. Tepper has um, to bring in maybe some people that he really kind of only thought maybe he would ever get to work with. Um, but now that the circumstances are what they are, he's able to have these people in, in his staff. Uh, what do I think that'll mean for the long term? I, I don't know. I think, I think making any guesses beyond what we might get to see this coming year are a little much. Um, Yeah, and and the whole, and of course, you can't go on Twitter, Facebook, 
wherever. It's even pooped over onto Instagram now, which is a little ridiculous. So the whole, well, the Panthers are interested in trading up to get Joe Burrow, and look, I'm not saying it's impossible, but you'd be giving up. I think I'd rather have two. pretty good draft capital this year, next I year, disagree. probably even into the year beyond. I, I called that um, months ago, you know. And yeah, you I think you guys are really right. Worth it for a team with as much need as we have. I, I just don't see that happening. I don't see us giving up picks at a time when we need picks. We need Definitely to bring fresh faces in to develop over the next three to four or five years, etc. Um, especially with a guy like Luke definitely gone, and the, the possibility that other faces would be gone. So. Uh, Curious to see what you guys think on those topics. Have a great night. Catch you all in the chat. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Josh from Masses. You know, I know that we want to continue to think that we are so far away because Luke, losing Luke, we're losing all of these pieces, whether it all the faces. Like like you said, uh, Greg, about your shirt last week or two weeks ago. Tell us who was on the shirt. Uh. You know what? I have a picture of it that I sent in the chat. I know it has Cam Newton, Thomas Davis, Luke Keekley, um Greg Olson. Greg Olson, John Stewart, Jonathan Stewart. I think of the other people on there. And every one of there, them. Tr- yeah, maybe. I, I can't remember. I sent a picture of it to y'all. Either way, everybody but Cam Newton is gone. And that was two years ago. Somebody else okay. some, uh, was out. My friend Clip Brock was when I went on Pirate Radio 1250 on Friday. You can check it out. But you can download the Pirate Radio app and listen to me on the radio every Friday talking about NFL. But uh, he, he brought up, he said, I saw a picture on the internet. It was Ryan Khalil, Thomas Davis, Cam Newton, Greg Olson. And he goes, and to think, and it was like one other person, like Charles Johnson or something like that. Or, and it's like none of these guys are on the team. You never. It's like kind of you don't even hear of that so much. But while we continue, like it does feel so far away. If you have the best running back in the league and you have some serviceable parts on the offensive line, you think you can build around in Paradis, maybe in uh, was it Greg Little, maybe uh-huh. in Ta- Moten. I do think that. Um, I think I would only be excited if we did anything other than Cam if it was Tua. And somebody in the chat room, Charles Hill, said a healthy Tua and McCaffrey in the backfield would be sick. So much yep. twitching and speed. I think he's actually somewhat real. It could be a realistic possibility if the Giants want to move. But if you add him, you, that's what it's going to take for this not to be a long rebuild. Is that makes it an instant? We're going to be contenders up on the upswing. I think that if we traded to the Giants and got Tua, we would be contenders next year. I mean, like I said, we have the best running back in the league. We have a top five wide receiver in the league. You get a guy like Tua, and that adds a whole other dimension to our offense. That, that, I mean, well, granted, our our defense has been horrible for the last That's two years. That's what I was about to say. That's, but but if hold you look on. At the top... I, I I do want to say that that we are putting faith in Cam Newton, and Cam Newton hadn't played well in two years. Well, two years ago, our defense that's almost the same, minus Luke Keekley and maybe a couple of uh, Star Latulale, like key players, the same same exact defense. 
So why do we have faith that Cam Newton can come back and play well, but our defense can't? Because you know, it's almost the same defense. defense. Well, it's just almost the same defense as two years ago, and two years ago we had a great defense. Well, yeah. yeah, and again, it goes back to what did we do with Don Tari Poe? What did we do with Joe McCoy? Right, Poe's gone. I mean, he's getting yeah. cut. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, and McCoy and then, can't and, be resigned. I'll well, I'll challenge the fact that that we're saying that we didn't have we had a good defense two years ago. Like I, I agree, I, I agree. I, I really don't too. think okay. I, we it haven't, be wrong. We haven't had a maybe we haven't 30, had a yeah. good defense since 2016. Yeah. We had a deep, yeah, okay, yeah, so three years ago, okay, so I was wrong. 2017 wasn't it's bad. 2017, they fooled okay. us in the beginning into thinking they were the, all right, and then it just, that yeah. was, yeah, and that was, and that had a lot to do with, uh, with Steve, he was throwing blitzes, like he was blitz yeah. king that year, You're and right so that. I think it made it look like our secondary was holding up. When in all reality, it was just our, our we were blitzing to make him pass throw the ball rush. away or something. Yeah. yeah. So you know, and, and it wasn't even a true pass rush. It was we weren't rushing with four guys and getting the you know getting the X. We were actually blitz, blitzing the whole time. Okay. But anyway, yeah. Uh, so so, point, but yeah. I, I do think that when you look at our defense, there is just way too many holes right now and too many free agents for us to actually justify saying that our defense can be anything other than suspect for the next you know year possibly two years until we can actually get some some uh some i guess some some developed players in that position that are able to actually hold down the fort because we haven't had that in a long time and that that makes Makes me want to go back to say what i said earlier and what kind of led me down this whole cam newton isn't going to be with us next year tirade to begin with is that I honestly believe that David Tepper is committing to not necessarily a full rebuild, but whatever you want to call it, man, a a rebuild that isn't completely dependent upon us being the the best team in the NFL next year. He understands this is going to take time. He understands it's going to have to have a little bit of patience. He's letting this coaching staff know that. And I think also this is why – it certainly played a part into Luke Kingsley's decision to retire. If you look around and all of your friends and your teammates that you've been battling with for years are out the door now, and you think that your buddy Cam Newton might be leaving, then it's like he's making the decision that they're going forward into a different era of the Carolina Panthers, and I'm just going to you know spare my brain and not take all the damage for a team that's trying to rebuild. So I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt if maybe we want to roll Will Greer as the quarterback for another year and then see how that goes and see if maybe that puts us in a position to draft a Trevor Lawrence or draft a, a, a Justin Fields. And that way you've spent the meantime building up the pieces on our offensive and defensive line so that way, by the time we do get the quarterback that we want, we but have an infrastructure around you can't even guarantee them. you're going to be close to that. Is we won five games and we're not even sniffing the top three picks. Whitehammer53 says, this may seem... Uh, wait, no. He said, stop talking about the quarterbacks in the draft. The only thing I wanted to... If I was just going to pull it up is that... If you pick a defensive tackle and you had the opportunity, theoretically, to get Tua instead, you're not going to see a big change for a long time. I mean, look at this. is the top 10 pick for defense in 
the 2018 draft was Bradley Chubb, Denzel Ward, and Roquan Smith. You're talking years. That's in his first game. Yeah, but you're talking years down the line before those guys. You have to build around them. I don't know if you get close to. Like, you don't get in the top 10 easily. And it would be, I think, a little foolish if you think that Cam Newton can't be the future of this team beyond even just a year. I think it would be foolish to not, when you know you have a commodity into it, that just despite that injury, you know he checks all the boxes everywhere else. I don't see anybody else changing the team that much. Worth it. Well, it it all depends on what you're drafting for. Like, do you have to draft for a franchise player, or do you have to draft for the best player you have available? Because, like you said with Denzel Ward, he's a great player. I think he had four interceptions in the first five or six games he played, two in the first game he played in his his pro career. He's a great player, but it's because they didn't need a franchise player at that point. Like, you don't build your franchise around a cornerback. You can build your franchise around a linebacker. You can build it around a quarterback, maybe a running back, maybe a wide receiver. I'm not sure. But it's where's Carolina at right now. Do we need to build a franchise around somebody? Or do we have that person to build them around and need to support it from within the, like from that point out? You know, and I think with Christian McCaffrey, I think we have a franchise player we can build around. So where do you go from there? Like, do you want to build him a line so that way he can, you know, continue to be the best running back in the NFL? Like, uh, it, it's. I think we're in more of a need than franchise type situation. I don't know. All right, let's go a couple last. I think there's two calls. Let's see. If hey guys, it's Joey Esquivel. Uh, What's so up, Joey? Some of the things y'all were talking about. Y'all were talking about number one. How do you get Joe Burrow? Which I feel like that comes up like. Eh, about every week on the show. Uh, you know, we are talking about the Bengals here, and the Bengals... The Bengals are the Bengals. That's why everyone laughs. at They're not even like the Browns losers. Like, they're not even lovable losers. They're just the clown losers that everyone laughs at because they're so cheap and archaic, and they think, like... So you know how we had NFL 100 this year? The Bengals... Yeah think they're still at zero like they, they haven't gotten the memo that 100 years have passed by and that, they took off the they took off the one so, <laughs> Bengals surprise me if they let go of the number one pick eh well yes and no because the Bengals are the Bengals but then again oh. Ohio and uh I strongly strongly do not approve of the prospect of Tom Brady coming to the Panthers. Agreed. Because Tom Brady is a product of Bill Belichick. I can agree with that too. I don't we want don't to have here. the offensive line to protect him. And yeah, he would have more weapons than he did with the Patriots. But then every other team in the league would know all you have to do I don't think I could cheer for him. Rush and yeah, I the Panthers because Tom Brady is like, you I don't say that know until he gets this like eight wins like, in a row. <laughs> in a Super Bowl. He's, yeah. you know, 
halfway through That's the season one, and you're like, I love Tom Brady. Correct example, <laughs> but he's basically afraid of pressure. He's got a phobia of it because he's a 42-year-old quarterback. So, no to Tom Brady, my friend. I agree. I agree. I do. Who is a, could, a, who is a player? That, are there any players you would not be able to cheer for if they became a Carolina Panther? Uh, mm. <laughs> I would be mad suspect. Know. It would take, uh, you know, you would, have to, you would have to earn yourself. Look, it took Roman Harper a minute for me to, like, start like him uh, at all, to give him any yeah. opportunity. And it's just because he's not a douchebag of a dude. That's why I ended up liking him. And he, he was okay. Like, I would not be able to cheer for Jameis Winston. I would not be able to mm-hmm. cheer for Tom Matt Ryan. Brady. And I for sure could not cheer for no damn Philip Rivers. Yeah, no. I'm the same way. You couldn't no. cheer for Philip Rivers? No, no. He's a, he's a Carolina boy. If, if he, here's the part. If it I wasn't a situation where you, where you let go of Cam, like, if, if I'm, I'm telling you right now, boys, if this happens, I will lose my shit. If we let Cam go only to sign Philip Rivers, I'm going oh, to Yeah, I don't know. I might cancel the show. Yeah, we might. We might. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know what I would do. I might end up we having to would, go to the about, podcast. I don't know. It would have to be the C3 Panthers, but not Philip Rivers podcast. Like Drew Brees becomes our quarterback, you're gonna be cheering for that dude all of a sudden. Shit. No, it would feel unearned if a quarterback that's been okay or good or great somewhere else came in and uh, I, I don't know, played with the Panthers. No, I want I want a ground up guy. We want to draft the dude and and have him be the guy. I, there really isn't anyone, man. He can be our next yet. Russell Wilson. If you really don't believe Cam is it, you got to go get the next Cam. And there ain't no time better than the now, in my opinion. Now, mm, next season too. But I tell you, but CK, you said it is what happens. He comes in, wins eight games. All of a sudden, you'd be. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey man, I'm. I'm I'm a big fan of Tom Brady at this point. Yeah, he's got mm-hmm, me eight mm-hmm. wins in a row. We're God. we're going to Super Bowl, boy. Yeah, oh, well, but would that not be? I, I you know obviously I think we'd welcome a Super Bowl. You know, no matter what. But if it yes, was Tom I Brady would take any way we could get it. I would take any way we could get it. Like, wouldn't Even, that feel if like we cheated, bittersweet? It. Wouldn't it be bittersweet though that it came from Tom Brady though? Like, if that were to be the case, like he came in year one and got us a Super Bowl, and then we're like, okay. <laughs> I I guess that makes up for the one you stole from us. I think that's like the only fucking thing that it would, that's what it would take for me to cheer for you. What was it? I said, for me to believe in this team, they would have to go do this. And it was like beat Seattle on the road in the, you know, like no other (laughs) way am I believing in this is now I can't cheer for anybody. I I I hate this show. So, and, 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 uh, white hammer by, well, go ahead. Good. I was going to say, White Hammer made a point in the chat. He said, uh, what about Teddy Bridgewater? Uh, you know, it, that's – by the way, White Hammer Joe is Brady. A, yeah, White Hammer is a Patriots fan, and he is a firm believer that Tom Brady is staying there in New England 
even though the writing on the wall says otherwise. But nonetheless, he said, what about Teddy Bridgewater? Teddy Bridgewater is going to warrant more money than Cam Newton this year. I agree. I disagree, too. Teddy Bridgewater, you disagree or you agree? I disagree that Teddy Bridgewater will be more expensive than Cam Newton. He's I agree with without a new deal. Are you going to get Teddy Bridgewater for under 22? The answer is no. 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 No, no, hell no. You might get, you might save uh, get under thirty. You might get him for twenty five, but you're not getting you're not getting him for less than twenty for sure. Yeah. Fun I mean, fact he, is he, Joe he, Brady was uh, a coach with the Saints and two years ago, I think, and that is Teddy Bridgewater was there as well. Yeah. Who do you I mean, think is worth more money, Cam Newton or Teddy Bridgewater? Cam Newton. Oh, that's just uh, if you know, yeah. like in the this. But the thing is, is that Cam's not a free agent. Teddy is true. And that's the only like reason. So that it's like it's a non-question if they're both free agents. But well, didn't right, Cam right. Teddy Bridgewater go five and zero? But didn't Teddy Bridgewater go five and zero? And he played Seattle. He played. He played a lot of good teams. Yeah, Rams, but he also threw the ball like the Rams, times. the Cowboys, like. He played a lot of good teams. Yeah, and five and zero. He's not bad. Cam Newton, he's never been. Last bad. time we saw Cam he's Newton, he's been, been zero and eight. I'm, I'm just saying, I love yeah, Cam. Yeah, with but a good football like team that, around him. On Teddy Bridgewater's best day, you can't sniff Cam Newton's ball. Agreed. Agreed. But he's I'm not bad. That. What about Kirk Cousins? That. What about Kirk Cousins? Do you think Kirk Cousins is better than Cam? Than who? No. Did you say Cam, Cam? Newton has had to, and Cam Newton Don't has had to elevate? Did you ever say that again, CK? What do you say? Did no, you say better uh, Cam, than Cam? Yeah, is Kirk Cousins better, better than Cam? Passer than Cam. No, I'm, I'm asking for not a better. I'm asking for a point. He's not even that because never Cam in. Newton this year got paid way less than Kirk Cousins did. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a, that's a change in regime as far as uh, the, and the, the, Kirk the draft, Cousins got the, franchised uh, three cap times goes. in a row. Yeah, there's right. A bunch of yeah, that's how the salary cap goes. That. Cam Newton got signed what five years but, ago, four years ago. He also got paid more than. Uh, the Pat, reason I'm saying Mahomes. the point that I'm trying to make is that Teddy Bridgewater is going to warrant more money. Yes, Teddy correct. Bridgewater has not had to has not had to prove himself beyond the five games that he was <laughs> in. And I'm telling you, one of these quarterback desperate teams that are still in the middle part of the round, i.e., I. the Colts, yeah, will pay him yeah. elite level quarterback call. money. To bring him in because he was not a bad quarterback in the in the Vikings when he played as a starter up there. So yeah, honest, issue was he might issue. be. So then are the we saying that we use. don't think? Are we saying that we don't think a team wouldn't think that same thing about I, Cam Newton? I do think a team would, but what I'm saying from the Panthers' perspective, do you like the question is what about the Panthers taking Teddy Bridgewater? Would you let Cam Newton go to another team? for a draft pick, and then pay more money for another quarterback like Teddy Bridgewater, who still has an injury concern, who hasn't played a full season as an NFL quarterback, taking all the hits that an NFL quarterback does. Look, Cam's He's going to get in paid Carolina. more money. Unless we move up and get a quarterback, Cam's going to be in Carolina. That's my Right. I, I agree. I'm not paying more for another quarterback. Uh, I'll, I'll either have a rookie or I'll pay Cam Newton what his – or I'll have a veteran that will come in and – and and play for less than Cam. I'm not paying more than right. what Cam's going to play for we next year. Fl- we flogged this horse. Let's go to the last call. I think the Lions are taking Okuda. Okuda. 
If you, the only way you would get to it, you would have to call Gettleman up and say, hey, we want to trade up to four and jump in front of the Dolphins and the Chargers and take Tua. If you take Tua, um, the Giants wouldn't want Cam, so you're giving up the pick that it would take. Cam would be your stopgap uh, until Tua is ready. Once Cam's contract situation is up, you either extend him or you let him walk and then you play Tua. Um, if Greer had to start for a year, his biggest thing was confidence. I seen him in training camp where he was pump faking three times on screen passes. His thing was confidence. And Joe Brady and Matt Rule could give him confidence, which was Joe Burrow's problem. If you look at Joe Burrow the year before Joe Brady got there, he was trash. But the next year, he's the best player in college football. In college football. Will Greer does have arm talent. I agree. Okay. Right. Is that it? I, okay. Exactly, I like uh, it. I would love that. Would be kind of my dream scenario. The only way I'd be ready to move on from Cam Newton is the thought of Tua, and like the perfectness that everybody said came with Tua about everything, his interviews to this, you know, his behavior, all of that. Like he looks to me like he's going to be Russell Wilson. Yeah, I think so too. Okay. Yeah, I, Russell Wilson's a good comparison. A lot of people say a more mobile, well, not not a lot of people, but a, a comparison that I liked was a, a more mobile version of Drew Brees because of how he goes through his progressions. He reads the field second to none. He's willing to make all the throws. He can look off the safety, manipulate corners with his eyes. The dude has it all. I mean, from a football perspective, to attack of Iloa is a guy that you want to to be your quarterback. And uh got a black that said dink and dunk specialist. That's not at all true, man. Jalen Hurts is a dink and dunk specialist, man. And a lot of people are saying Jalen Hurts is someone that we should draft. He, he's looked bad at the senior bowl practices. <coughs> I don't know, but I'm with Tony on this one. I think Tua would be an incredible quarterback for the Panthers, but yeah, I just don't know if we're gonna if we're gonna even be willing to move up for him. Be in the right. in the realm possible. All right. Well, this is enough, uh, guys. Let's go ahead and get some ice up picks in. Don't forget, we'll be back here next Tuesday, nine o'clock, and come we... on the show two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Go ahead, CK. I was gonna say, can we talk about the new rules that they're gonna be uh, testing out at the Pro Bowl? Have you seen these things? I've heard a little bit about this, but I so, haven't. It's actually pretty sick. Um, you know, it's something that I think they've been talking about, but uh, it has a lot to do with the onside kick. Uh, so basically, the proposed rule changes, one of them is called options after a successful field goal or uh, try attempt. So basically, after you've gotten a touchdown, whether you do a, a field, you know, one point or two point conversion, um, this is what you can choose. You can choose to have the ball be given to the other team at the 25, so no more kickoff, and they would then begin a first and 10, meaning the opposite team who you know didn't score the touchdown, right. and a new series of downs. Or in lieu of an onside kick, they may elect to take the ball at their own 25-yard line, and then uh, it would be a fourth and 15. So you would have the option to basically have one play to get 15 yards if you don't get the 15 yards, the other team would take over wherever the spot of that dead ball is if you didn't get the first down. So basically, you would give them a short field again, but oh, you would okay. have a, 
a better like you would have a fourth and fifteen, which is a shot at actually making the, the ball first again. possession yeah. of the ball again. Yeah. So it gives you a more realistic chance, especially at the end of a game where you may need it may be a two possession game and two minutes, two and a half minutes in, you get a touchdown and all of a sudden that's a one possession game, but you have to really hope and pray that you get an onside kick recovery. Right. Well, so so this would good. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I was say so this would allow for uh, a more uh, analytical approach about how you're going to handle it because it's not going to be where uh, where a onside kick probability was like 10% or if not you know less than Five. that 5% yeah so now you would take that what what the analytics are for fourth and 15 which are i would imagine higher than 5% so right. you have that that going back and forth type of situation and this is just testing it out for the pro bowl so something to look into um so- but yeah you guys discuss that now and then I'll read up on the second one then you guys can i'll let you guys know about that one well let me let me ask you so you said that like say it's fourth and 15 from your own 25 <clears throat> you throw a pass and you don't make it you said the other team gets the ball then i guess it's on your 25 yeah so they only have to go 25 yards to okay actually score a touchdown so you which i mean field goal range okay yeah which i mean an onside kick almost does that anyway because right I mean, you're, right yeah so i mean you're giving them short field position with an onside kick either way but yes, you would. There is that risk that you're going to have with any type of a fourth down play like that. But yeah, I, I like the idea of that personally. Yeah. So that way, no teams well, ever. What out, we like right? about it is, is that the offensive, the onside kick was so low percentage conversion. Yeah, you, before they changed pointless. the rules. Yeah. And if it's, now it's let's, let's just kind of bizarre. If it's two and a half minutes left in the game, you're down by two possessions. You're either already leaving the stadium or <clears throat> turning the TV off. It's already gone. You know, we're going to go ahead and get ready to watch the C3 Panthers podcast for the postgame show. Uh, you know, that that's how your mindset switches over, right? At that two and a half minutes, if it's a two-possession game, this, I think, would change that. And I think that helps for the overall quality of the game, uh, especially at the end. But I think it also is uh, is a risk that is is tough because the first team that actually wins a game because of that, is going to have the other team like that's just not a fair rule, you know all this right. stupid stuff. So, yeah. uh, but uh, but yeah, I'm so not opposed that. I'm actually, to that. I'm not opposed to yeah. that because the off the onside kick is like, and maybe no, maybe you do want to keep it even that last ditch. You know, what I mean, maybe you don't deserve to win if it takes you know that the act of God, unless it takes an act of God. Well, that's that's kind of like did y'all see the XFL overtime rules? Yeah, they, like, well, there's also there now the XFL has something too. You can go for a, a one point extra, two points, or three points. That's pretty cool, man. I think some of the rules they're starting to integrate in that is going to be pretty cool. Like I love the overtime rules, man, where it's basically like a soccer shootout, where you have the offensive defense on each side of the field, and you get five tries from the what was the five yard line. Yeah, and you know it's a shootout. That I I, I like that idea. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And but, if that doesn't work, uh, they go even a step further to where it goes down to the. If I I I, I got to remember if 100 percent if this was Pat McAfee or if this was actually the XFL, where it goes down to the kickers, <laughs> where like they go one kicker kicks, the next kicker kicks, and then they go back 10 yards, and one kicker kicks, and the next kicker kicks. I think that was McAfee. Yeah, I just don't NFL, know if the NFL is still one player. 
I don't know if the Good. NFL is really lacking for excitement, though. That's the only other. That's the only thing that is. I hesitate. They're really the major rule changes. They're really trying to eliminate the kickoff. You know, that's really what they're trying to do. I think at this point, because it's already that. the most. It's already one of the most boring, unless there happens to be not, something that's not a touchback, which it doesn't happen as often as I think it would, but. Uh, you know, I think that it's it's definitely something they're trying to get rid of. Well, just now to avoid. teams are getting yeah, because teams are getting wise and they're not even kicking the ball into the end zone; they're kicking it to the one and saying, "Yeah, I, they're kicking I, it to the you, one," and then and then hoping the that the other team has like a yeah, hoping that even if they do get to the twenty five, there's a good chance that the other t- the receiving team is going to have some sort of a blocking in the back or you know uh, you know yeah where a penalty, they have a new fumble. Rule. Yeah. penalty yeah yeah. yeah. So I mean I think that I think that the the benefit to kicking it to the one is heavily in favor of the kicking team now. So I agree, and I think they're trying to get rid of that altogether because of the injuries, because of the uh, the, those pieces, uh, the fact that it is probably one of the least exciting plays on the entire you know football field. But and I could see where this comes into play. Often you know the offsides rules, you know or onside kick rule. That thing is just already unless it's something as incredible as the onside kick the Panthers recovered. Um, that was an incredible onside kick recovery. You but. know, the XFL is, while the NFL is trying to get out of the game of kicking and returns, the XFL is, seems to be trying to get into it. And I stole this from the, my friend Clip Brock. That's the way he decided, said it. But there's something, there's a rule too. You can't advance until the punt returner catches the ball. Like yeah, that was insane. That would be insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, and so they're making it too. Like you can't, you know, so you get this time as a returner to try That's to make thirty a return. yards right there. Yeah, it's thirty yards easy. How how many people are going to be breaking these rules? Like because they are so used to playing either in the NFL or in college to where none of these rules exist. So, like, the yeah. moment that ball gets kicked, they're, like, already running and they're looking what's back the, like, oh, uh, crap. <laughs> what's the other rule they're trying out? Uh, the other one, it was uh, it was actually nothing crazy. I thought it might have been something because it was two different columns, but it had something to do with the false start, whether it was a false start or not. So, Oh, um, you know what that is? They're getting rid of what Vrabel did to Belichick. Yeah, moving yeah. the the hand move, head movement. The so, well, no, you can't basically get two of the same penalties in a row, so they got a oh, different penalty okay, on you. purpose, and then. Yeah, but well, my my let's, let's honest, my thing is is my thing is is how many people are going to bitch and complain if a team comes back at the end and they manage to take That's advantage of these rules? That's you know, exactly oh, but don't, you you didn't uh, you wouldn't have won if it was playing like the old days of real football. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't like mind it. I'm not I adverse like... to change, but I will say this: I like that football is hard to win, and, yeah. and 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 when you give up a big lead and the team starts kicking your ass, like you have to. Okay, so the Kansas City Chiefs, they can go down thirty points, and they're fine because they know that they have what it takes to come all the way back. I know they like, would just I, go for it on fourth and fifteen every time. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Like I just, right. I, I think they're they're built to. To, to do what it takes to come back. Fourth and, and I, 15 is a tough conversion, though. That is... Well, well, well let no, me ask you. Would you rather watch... Okay, so for me, like, if I'm watching a game, uh, you know, the, the kickoff after a score or whatever, okay, I, I'm not really paying that much attention to it. I'm looking at my phone. I'm going to grab a beer or something else like that. 
if it was a fourth and 15 where my team can get the ball back or we turn it over the 25, I'm staying and watching that. You know, so th- that is a big selling point. Like, that's a big difference. I know, would you guys feel the same? Are you staying and watching that fourth and 15 or are you going to grab, oh, going sure. to take a piss? I mean, I mean no, you know? dude. Everybody's going to watch it, yeah. Can I tell you why I like this? Why's that? Because what do we think about special teams? Special teams are the – no, well, well let's, we let's, hate let's them because the Panthers suck at them. Suck at them. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's let's <laughs> let's forget about that. Are special teams the best players on the team? The most athletic players on the team, I would say. Sometimes are they the best the players on the team? No, oh, they're, they're, usually, on the team. they're usually guys. The only yeah. reason they're on there is because the special teams. Because they're special so, teams, they a lot of guys right. they're not good enough to make the roster as a offensive or defensive personnel, right. so they're they end up making the... special teams, right? Mm-hmm. So, would you prefer to put that in the hands of the backup on the teams, or would you rather have the best players on the other team's offense and the best players on the other team's defense and allow for that to be a head-to-head? You know, I personally like the idea of actually putting the game in your best players' hands on both sides, not just your special teamers who are second, the second best players on your team or third best. I just wonder what it would do to like. Would there be a coach that comes along and says we're going for it this amount every of time on fourth and fifteen? Yeah, yeah, if we're down by two scores, there's no sense in not because it's. I wonder how much it would be interesting. What does the conversion rate go? I mean, you don't want it to go from ninety five to ninety five percent of teams don't recover the ball on a offside on onside kick you don't want it so every you know 50 what do you want the number to be it has to be worth it to take a chance time, yeah. it has to be worth you don't want chance. it to be too yeah. much though either where it's just I like i think damn. 20 to 25 percent. i think fourth and 15 i think is a good number because for if you have a first and 20 you have a hard time getting that first down right period right uh, any team and so you really and the benefit is it can't be a running play. It has to be your defense, your offense, and your quarterback has to be able to. It, it, I guess you could try to do running, but I don't know many people in their right mind that's going to do dial up a running play just, on fourth and fifteen. Just the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, but yeah, so I I, I think that it's uh, you know, and and T money does have a point, right? You know that taking away the special teams it does hurt the people who are playing special teams from the perspective of checks. Their value isn't as high, uh, being that they're not actually contributing as much. They are sitting on the sidelines for the majority of the game, outside of maybe a punt return, or, uh, you know, a field goal attempt. But I I still like this. I think it makes it more exciting for the people watching, um, and. Uh, I don't know. I just I feel like it puts the the game in the best player's hands. That's what I I think is how it should be. Yeah. Well, especially when you made the offside the onside kick obsolete by not allowing yeah. them to run ahead. Uh-huh. Like it's just almost like physically impossible to get down there. The only time you can get it is if you find some really soft hole and you have a kicker that or the kicker like kicks it directly at somebody it hits them in the face. You right. So you're saying like if you kick the ball onto the soft hole yeah, I was gonna say something about that, but I was like, "No, nah, stick the ball in the soft <laughs> right. Hey, I do have you one question though. Go ahead. With, with yeah, real, real quick, and I'll I'll be done. Um, with this new with this rule they're putting in place, like say you have fourth and fifteen, and you get a holding penalty, does that make it fourth and twenty five, or is that a failed attempt and they get it at the twenty five yard line, or uh, vice versa? Uh, if if there's a defensive pi, you know, 
based on what I'm seeing, they have it very basic for the moment. And I'm assuming okay. those things are going to think, be things that come into play. Right. But it says in making a first down, a team will be maintain will maintain possession, and a new series of downs will continue as normal. Okay. If it's unsuccessful in making a first down, the result will be a turnover on downs, and the team B, which is the you know the defense on that fourth and fifteen try, will take possession at the dead ball spot. So that's really the extent of what they've yeah. said. But okay. I imagine that it's going to be similar to like if you get a holding call on the you know two point conversion, you don't. It's not an end, but you, you can decide to then go for the the field goal instead if you want I so you, you may be able you, to adjust kick it then if you wanted to i got you okay cool all right so it's this is the c3 panthers podcast brought to you by carolina cat chronicles.com we're live every tuesday night somehow we find a way to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk about all this yeah. goodness that is the carolina panthers we're going to finish up the show with an ice up segment go ahead and smash the thumbs up button subscribe you can find us on itunes tune in stitcher <coughs> wherever you get your podcasts and also as always, on YouTube, Tuesday nights, 9 p.m. I'm going to start us off, and I got an easy ice up. It's nice and soft. But the I listened to the whole damn Joe Brady press conference today, and, not, and I'm, I know I'm a couple of days late, but it was a bunch of nothing on nothing. But really, I'm icing up the Panthers media, like all of the media in Charlotte, and everybody asking the question... How do we listen to this mofo not answer questions for 16 minutes and nobody asks him, what do you think about coaching Cam Newton? Yeah. Not a single person asked a fucking question about Cam Newton. Now, to me, that's a travesty. I know he's going to say, oh, I haven't had a chance. But at least ask the question. Because you heard him talk about C-Mac like this. Joe, you said, obviously, that you haven't watched the tape on specific players, but how much easier does a guy like Christian McCaffrey make your job as an offensive coordinator and as a playmaker or as a play caller? Yeah, look, again, talking personnel, you know, it would be an injustice, but, uh, like, everybody knows Christian McCaffrey. And so, uh, you know, I'm excited to be able to, to, to see what he does well and be able to work with He could give that same damn answer for Cam, or he yeah. could just say, I don't know. But nobody had the balls to ask it. So ice up to all y'all ballless non-cam loving uh, want them out of here yeah. mofos ice <laughs> mm, ice up Ooh, can i go can i go yeah, yeah. uh i got a good one it's kind of personal this week uh i think i told you guys about this but i'm not oh, sure yeah yeah <laughs> yeah oh, now no, i can't yeah. wait to hear this story in yeah. person please give the details i'll tell the whole story okay so i'm a mailman uh, uh by day and um you know the way the mail kind of works is whenever you have every, like everybody has their own assigned route, and when somebody's out that day based on sickness or vacation, or whatever, we split that route into like you know six different parts, and then each person takes an hour or whatever off that route and runs it. So, so I, I, I'm I'm uh, delivering mail last uh, I think Tuesday it was, and uh, I'm I'm delivering mail on another person's route, so I'm not familiar with all the names that are on this route, right? So I my my job by law as written is to deliver mail as addressed okay and i want everybody to know that when your mailman delivers mail to you that says or current resident or current resident that's your mail okay like whether you want it to be or not if you don't like it throw it away that's your mail because you are the current resident of that address so i deliver mail to this guy and i i you know i go out throughout the neighborhood and i, I finish at the neighborhood and I'm, I'm about to pull out of the neighborhood and i see a gentleman walking up the street and he has mail in his hands. 
So I figure maybe I delivered to the wrong address. Maybe he has outgoing mail that he didn't expect me to be there that early, whatever. So I stop and pull over to uh, talk to this gentleman and see what's going on. And he begins to cuss me out and tell me how dumb I am. And uh, I'm not going to use the select words he gave me. But uh, uh, I- I'm trying to explain to him that this mail says or current resident. And I'm not the regular carrier in this route. So I deliver the mail as I should, you know. Uh, and he then punches me in the face. Oh, shit! <laughs> yeah, he, he punches me in the face. So, like, I'm looking down at the mail trying to explain it to him, and as I look up, I see a fist coming at me, and he punches me in the face. Uh, glance my chin, hit my chest, whatever. Uh, this guy's, like, in his lower 60s, so I didn't really think anything of it. Just kind of a weak kid anyway, but whatever. And I just kind of looked at him and said, okay, I'm going to go call the cops. That's assault, and I'm going to go call the cops on you. So I pull in front of his house. And I call the police, and we're about two miles from the police station. Maybe not even that far. Two miles from there, from the city I live in. Um, and as I'm on the phone with the dispatcher who's sending the police out to me, he comes out of his house with an axe. Swinging it. Just swinging what? it. Right? <laughs> Telling me to get out of his, off his property. And I'm not, now granted, I'm not on his property. I'm parked across the street in front of my truck, which your street and the last four feet of your house, you know, are not really your property anyway. Uh, your, or your property line, or no, your property anyway. That's uh, the government's property. But um, I'm across the street, and this guy's swinging this axe at me and telling me he's going to mess me up. You know, he's using a lot more select words, but he's going to jack me up. And uh, I'm on the phone with the dispatcher, and I just tell her, I'm like, look, this is what this guy's doing. What should I do? And she was like, just wait for the cops to get there, and about that time, I hear the sirens come in. As Did soon they as come he and the shoot his ass? They should have. <laughs> they should have. As, 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 as soon as he hears the sirens coming down the street, okay, he walks over to his little stoop. He sits down and he tosses the axe about four or five feet away from him and sits down, crosses his hands, sits there all nice and politely, right? So to this guy, this guy is the guy I'm saying ice up. I'm not going to give his name out there because I shouldn't do that. But uh, to this guy, I say ice up. But uh, I, I checked up on this week. I did press charges on him. And uh, this week, they went to go serve the warrant for his arrest. And he has submitted himself Died. to a mental hospital. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he submitted himself to a mental hospital saying he's mentally unstable. So that's one way to stay out of jail, I guess. And maybe he is. I'm not sure. I don't really carry the way. But to this guy at 218 Center Street in Kernersville, North Carolina. Okay, that much Damn! <laughs> Ice up. I tell you one thing is you got a lot of fucking you either old, mentally unstable. You got to fuck with the mailman. Oh man! Don't I'm fuck you, with the mailman. Good luck. That's a federal employee, yeah. bro. Like, did I tell? Did I tell you? That's a rap sheet. No. That's ten years in prison, man. That's a federal employee. Jeez. Assaulting a federal employee. Yeah. Um, the only thing is, I might have said it on this show before, is that a guy I worked with said one time because I was talking about how life, like laundry, it just keeps coming, just keeps coming. And my oh, kids, my gosh, you know, it just yeah. never stops. And he Nailed said, you know, <laughs> he said somebody asked a postal worker why they what made him go postal. He said because the mail just keeps coming. Yeah, dude, just I coming. literally got off work today about forty five minutes before we went live. Gosh, <laughs> and like, like I'm telling you, man, it never stops, dude. It never, never stops. stops. All right, CK, uh, what you got for us, man? Uh, somebody else go. All right, All right. Cody. I'm the only other somebody, so I guess I'll go. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of low-hanging fruit. Uh, I won't give the ice up pick that I want to give just because I'm not down to get my mentions flooded on Twitter. But I will say I'm going to ice up Antonio Brown. Dude, what the hell? Oh, my gosh. Thank you for doing that. He's mental, man. 
epic proportions. And yeah, like me and my brother were talking about this. You know, this Aaron Hernandez documentary came out on on Netflix. I'm yeah, sure people watched it. And you know, to talk about how messed up his brain was after they did the autopsy and. Dude, Antonio Brown has to have the worst case of CTE ever, dude. Like, I, I don't know of anyone that has ever self-sabotaged their own career in such a short amount of time. But the reason I said all of this is because today police were called to his house because apparently there was a uh, a, a battery and a burglary, a burglary <laughs> for that on Antonio Brown. Yeah, so, he like lo- robbed a truck driver or something, and then yeah, something, and then um, a, uh, a few weeks ago, his uh, the his children were being put into the cop car because the baby mama wanted them to leave, and he's out there on uh, IG Instagram, live, yeah, broadcasting this to the entire world, cussing up a storm, shouting at the officers. Calling them mm-hmm. all kinds of names under the book, making it a a, a race issue. And dude, the dude is just—he's uh, not well, man. Like this dude, no. not he's okay. Nutso, dude. No, he's a, a nutso. He's a buffoon. His agent dropped him. I mean, come on, dude. You have ruined your entire career in less than a year, and you have no one to blame but your own damn self. He might have been the best receiver in the NFL. And just pissed it all away. Um, I couldn't imagine having that kind of wealth and money and livelihood, and then just throwing it away for nothing. Antonio Brown, I up, son. All right, I saw. CK, did you come up with anything? Man, I, I, so I've been thinking about this one, and you know, this—I don't know, man. I'm, I'm torn, but I'll tell you guys anyway. Um, so as I've mentioned before, I'm a debt collector, right? I call people up and my job is to collect on debt. And, you know, one of the things that they push is making sure you're dialing as many people as you possibly can constantly. It's called work rate. So, you you know, you should have so many calls in an hour and whatnot. Well, you know, a lot of things go into that. And, uh, well, today I, uh, I felt like I was in preschool because I've never really been one to have this high work rate, but I've always exceeded my goals, you know, beyond this. They uh, they decided to put somebody behind me to watch me work so that I can make sure my work rate was high, like the whole day. Wow. Like when I'm telling you, bros, like uh, you know, and they constantly were talking about you know we need to get your work rate up, and I'm just like I got to a point where I got combated with these boys, man. <laughs> like yeah. Got, yeah, it was not good. He said, you know, uh, how do you have a work rate of 73, which isn't you know we won 100, so I'm 73. Um, and I said, he said, what are you, do- what are you doing? And I said, getting paid because <laughs> so, I'm like number one in the company in my number, like number one in the company. <laughs> They're sitting somebody behind me for this. But, uh, you know, anyway, I just, I felt like I was in preschool all day today. And so I felt like that it's low hanging fruit. It's nothing crazy, but it's, uh, it's, you know, my, uh, my life. So, uh, ice up, uh, Eric and Patrick and, you know, not the Patrick that was in the chat, but a different Patrick. So. Well, somebody right. needs to stand behind the chat room and tell them to get their thumbs up right up. <laughs> yeah, thumbs up right up. <laughs> All right, that's the C3 Panthers podcast. Let's get the heck out of here. I got to work tomorrow. First day of class for me back in the delayed start world, so I got to go meet a bunch of people tomorrow. 
What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hero.co 